we are live. Um, Mrs. McQuaig, uh, uh, Mrs. Shannon asks that you send her the link to her private email, if you could, please. I will do so. Done. Okay, we'll um, call the meeting to order. Uh, Ms. Shannon is uh, coming Hello. online, I believe. So um, this is our first uh, regular council meeting of our new term. So welcome, Tanze, bonjour, and tarnish, and comesta. And that's my wrecking of several languages. <laughs> so with this first meeting, I would like to acknowledge that um, we are on the homeland of the many diverse First Nations and Métis people whose ancestors have walked this land since time immemorial. We are grateful to work, live, and learn on the traditional territory of Treaty 8. And we have an agenda in front of us. And... Are there any additions or deletions, Mr. Parker? Your Worship, there is one addition and that'll be under section 10.1, the Mercer Grant update. Thank you. And there's no deletions. Thank you. Would someone care to move the adoption of the agenda as amended? So moved. Thank you, Mr. Ford. All those in favor? Carried. Okay. Uh, we have the minutes of the October 25th regular council meeting in front of us. Uh, were there any changes to those minutes that should be noted? Would someone care to move the acceptance of the... I'll move those, I guess, if I was, I was there, so it would probably okay. be more fitting. Thank you, Mr. Scammerhorn. All those in favor? Thank you, it is carried. We also have the minutes of the November 1st organizational meeting in front of us. Were there any changes of note in those minutes? Okay, would someone care to move the acceptance of the November 1st organizational meeting? Mr. Good, thank you. All those in favor? Great, it is carried. Um, just to check up on uh, Councillor Shanning, since she was trying to connect. We haven't heard from her yet. Uh, public hearings, uh, Mr. Parker? Uh, we have none, Your Worship. Thank you. Uh, next on the agenda, we have a presentation, uh, the um, Bell Petroleum Center proposal <clears throat> presentation. Before the presentation starts, I would like to remove myself from the presentation. Could I have, um, uh, Ruth, could you text me or 
can get a hold of me after the meeting is over, after that portion of the meeting is over. I can do so. However, the Bell presenters are not online at this time, so they are not yet present for the presentation. Okay, so I'll wait until they come in, then let me know, and then I'll, I'll believe. And Mr. Good, you might say the general category of why you would excuse yourself, if you wouldn't mind, you know, when it comes. Okay. Okay. If you follow, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you, okay. Are they expected presently? Because if um, if we take a couple minutes, I'll get these guys with the agendas in front of them too on their screens. We're not quite all as organized here as we could be as well. Or do we want to continue on with the meeting? Like, are they expected right away? Uh, well, it, we could take a, a let's say a three minute uh, break, and we'll see if we can get uh, Councillor Shanning on the um, screen as well as well. Okay. Okay, our apologies to the general public out there. We're just getting uh, a little bit technically organized here and uh, we will be starting in a, about one minute again.
Okay, I, I think we're ready to come back into the meeting here. Uh, good evening, Councillor Shannon. Uh, Madam Mayor, I'm just talking to Bell at the moment. Uh, they, uh, and this is a totally a staff, they only recently got the link. So they're just setting up now. They ask for 15 minutes, please. Sure, we'll go on to new business and see how far along we get. And then uh, just let us know when they, well, they'll be on the screen, I guess, when they're ready. Yes. Okay. Good, okay. So um, I should go through uh, bylaws. Miss um, McQuaig, are there any? There are none, Your Worship. None, thank you. Unfinished business. Says we have none. none, Your Worship. Great, okay, we're at section eight, new business. First is request for a decision with respect to community services board appointment. And would this be uh, Director Bell? That is correct. Thank you, Your Worship and Council. Uh, the report before you is in regards to an application for a member at large position on the Community Services Board. Um, we hadn't actually been actively fully advertising. We're starting to do that now, but we have luckily received an application from a member of the community for this board. Her name is Shannon Ham ha Hamer. Hammer. I don't know that I'm pronouncing that correctly. So I apologize to her in the community if she's hearing this right now. Um, the board reviewed her application at their last regular meeting in October and have made a recommendation to council to appoint this individual to the board. They have an extensive volunteering background within the community, lots of engagement, lots of activity. Thank you, Director Bell. Um, any questions of Dire Director Bell? Okay, there is a recommend recommendation. Uh, would someone care to uh, make a motion with respect to that recommendation or otherwise? I can. Mr. Boychuk, thank you. So your motion would be to... <laughs> Uh, to recommend that council to recommend the appointment of Shannon Hammer to the Community Services Board for a three-year term as a public member at large. Okay. Yes. All those in favor <laughs> of that motion? Great. It is carried. Uh, the next item under new business: request for a decision with respect to a library appointments. Uh, Director Bell again. Yes, uh, library board is part of, for our new members of council, is part of the purview of uh, council's responsibility to appoint library board members, public members at large to the library board. The library has received a um, applicant, mm, I mean, she didn't quite apply, she's sort of a bit of a carryover of Miss Johanna Downing. And the library board is ecstatic to, um, take her on as a public member at large on their board. Uh, within the report, the library board provides a recommendation through an e-vote that they uh, put together in September. Therefore, the recommendation on this particular item is to appoint uh, Ms. Johanna Downing to the library board as a public member at large for a three-year term. 
so do we know her qualifications? Are we like, who is this? Just... <laughs> I actually wanted to put some of that in the report, but didn't feel that was a, you know, <laughs> required. <laughs> Well, and apparently, according to this, she could move right into the chairman position of the board. Well, and and right now, the timing of the library board, they're in a bit of a sticky wicket. Um, they're losing a number of members all in a row. Uh, they have a, a member who is actually moving out of town and another member who is term is up. So they're losing quite a few members, but we also just received another application that we pass along for their review <laughs> at their next meeting. So it's, they've got a, some new members coming on. Great. Okay, any further discussion? Would someone care to uh, present a motion with respect to this topic? I will move that former councillor Downing be uh, approved. Appointed as a new member at large to the Peace River Library Board for a term of three years. That's exactly what I was going to say. That sounds very good, Mr. Scammerhorn. Thank you. All those in favor of the motion? It is carried. Thank you. Thank you. And Director Bell, I think you're still up for briefing note on Lyons Campground. Yes, that would be also mine. Um, this is a, a briefing note to inform Council of the update to the activities related to the Lions Campground and the transition process that is currently um, happening with uh, Albert Elter and the Lions Club. Administration has met with Mr. Elter a number of times since uh, August, and it has come apparent, become apparent that Mr. Elter requires quite a bit more time to um, manage and um, address all of his personal effects, which also intertwine with the Lions Club effects, which intertwines with the Lions Campground. So we are in agreement with Mr. Elter and wanted to make council aware of this to give him an extended period of time to be able to uh, manage his moving um, and address all of his items that are on location. And there's quite a lot. There's sheds and and other personal effects within the 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 campground area. So we, the town, will be taking over formally at the Lions Campground as of January one. Um, but we will be allowing Mr. Elter, he will at that point become a leasee of the town on site uh, for all his items until June 30th. So allowing him time frame in the spring to uh, do the grad sailing and, and whatnot that needs to occur so he can address all of his items properly. Um, this does mean that we will not be able to open the campground operationally to the public uh, for next season, which puts a, us into a, a bit of a situation with the 55 plus games because the intent of taking on the operation was being able to allocate that campground for 55 plus um, participants. However, we have a bit of a, a backup plan or a plan B as it were, and we'll be using or utilizing some of Ken Hornland parking area for some camping availability and looking at other options within the area, possibly expansion um, to some neighboring areas, 
uh, rendezvous campground has already agreed to be a part of the camping options. So we will discuss with them uh, maybe some expansion at their space also. So we're looking at multiple different options to ensure we can accommodate all the camping needs uh, for that particular weekend for that special event. So this is a report just to inform council of a bit, quite a substantial change of direction of this particular um, item. And then at a later date, we will have a conversation with council of how you would like to proceed following uh, this uh, upcoming season, non-season as it were for 2023 and beyond. Thank you, Director Bell. Are there any uh, questions, uh, Councillor or Deputy Mayor Scammerhorn? Councillor Fine, it works. Um, the current users of that site, what that that's between them and the current operator. What is our role there? Yeah, the current uh, anyone that's currently at the location has been provided notice. Um, I believe they're looking at a November thirtieth deadline for complete closure of the camping component and any storage that's currently happening on site. So it gives uh, those users actually an additional four to five weeks than the original plan of October 31st. So they, that does, that will end on that timeline. Definitely. Any other questions, counselors? Um, so, um, Director Bell, the uh, utility transfer and so on will happen for January 1? That's correct. Yeah. It will be January 1st. Okay. Okay. If there's no further questions, would someone like to move to accept the briefing, briefing note for information? I can accept that. Um, oh, my. How about uh, Mr. Carr? Mr. Carr moves that. Uh, thank you. All those in favor? And thank if you, you just raise your hand, it's easy. Yes, thank you. Okay, so it is carried. Uh, next, we'll do one more item and then I understand our presenters are, are ready. So the next one is request for a decision with respect to signing authority. And I believe Director Trebish has that for us. Yes, thank you, Your Worship. Can everyone hear me okay? I see lots of nods, that's great. Thank you so much. So um, this particular request for decision surrounds around section 213.4 of the Municipal Government Act. It requires us to have our ducks in a row for the signing of our checks and payments that uh, we pay our suppliers and vendors with. We last talked to council about this item in August of this year. And we did some streamlining with the way we set up our signing authorities with uh, the Alberta Treasury branch, which is our financial institution. And um, what we did is we had council at that time um, approve us to have the actual position titles set up uh, with the Alberta Treasury branch so that every time the staff changed, we didn't have to keep coming back to council to get the names changed. Um, however, there is one uh, exception, and that is as part of the MGA uh, requirements, we need to have an elected official as one of the signing authorities. And currently, uh, we have councillor, retired councillor Needham is currently registered as one of our signing authorities with the Alberta Treasury Branch. So what this request for decision is doing is we're going to um, have a retired councillor Needham 
removed and we're going to replace uh, his name for signing authority purposes with Councillor Ford's name. And then that request for decision would allow us to get our paperwork over to the Treasury branch so that we would have the um, chief elected official, which would be your, your, your worship, um, Mayor Manzer, it would be uh, one counselor, which would be Councillor Ford. And then on the administrative side, it would be three positions. It would be the CAO, the Director of Corporate Services, or the Finance Manager. So that, in a nutshell, is the gist of this request for decision. And with that, I would like to recommend... Um, that the that Councillor Needham's name be removed from the list of approved signing authorities and Councillor Ford be authorized as a signing authority. Thank you. Any uh, discussion, Councillors? And, and just one clarification, uh, uh, Deputy Mayor Scammerhorn also would be a signing authority because it's Mayor, Deputy Mayor, and one member of Council. Okay. Um, Councillor Shannon, would you maybe like to put forward a motion on this? Sure, I'll move that Councillor Needham's name is removed and replaced with Councillor Ford. Thank you. All those in favor of the motion? It is carried, thank you. Thank you. Okay, so now I believe we've got our uh, present presentation back in line. So uh, we have a presentation from the Bell Petroleum Center. And when I see them, great. Hello. Hello. Hi. I, the notification. So I was, a, I'm a little caught off guard, but um, Kaylin's at home in Napa. He's trying to connect right now, but we didn't get a notification until like 10 minutes ago or 15 okay, minutes. Do you want us to wait a few minutes because we can carry on with a bit of the agenda or do you want to start? No, it's up to you. There. Yeah, I just want to know, do you have the information in front of you? Um, your Worship, if I may, I'll yes. be removing myself um, as an employee of the North Beach Housing Foundation. There is a uh, pecuniary interest in this, so I'll be removing myself from the conversation. If I could be texted at the end and I will rejoin the Zoom meeting at that time. Okay, thank you. So 523, Councillor Good is leaving the meeting. That is correct. Hi. Thank you. So noted. Okay, so um, uh, Tony, if you could introduce yourself for the record and uh, when uh, your son comes on the line, we'll get him to introduce himself for the record as well. We do have information in front of us, but would like you to uh, lead us through what you would like us to uh, consider. Okay. Yeah, he just he just said he's at a meeting there in town, so he may not get there in time, but that's okay. Okay. Uh, we'll see what happens here. Um, basically, what we're doing is um, because the economy is so bad and then uh, going on with the whole process and then COVID, we've been shut down for 20 months. Um, really, there's been no revenue barely, you know, we've, we've used our own personal money to just pay the bills to cover the power, water, the insurance, etc. And so through this process, last summer, I worked with um, some, uh, consultants with Business Connect. Sorry, yeah. we didn't quite catch that. It, it 
yourself. Yeah, I worked with a few consultants from oh. Business Connect oh, and okay. went through what can we do to revive our business through what work. And after lots of uh, it would be for build a 55 plus condominium development I would no longer own the facility. They would actually buy the condos. It would be a downtown condo uh, conversion. Uh, there'd be no more Bell Center, but it would just be for living for downtown in people. And that's kind of where we're at. Um, so we're just for some sort of forgiveness for the taxes, for the interest only, um, to try to get that paid out, uh, get a get that taken care of along with the Bell Center. And then the new company would take over in the new year uh, to do the, the projected or potential build for the condominium complex. And um, no, that's not the norm. And Kalen wrote the letter. I did not realize that he wrote the letter till it's time to submit, just so you know. That is my son, I'm not gonna tell you a lie. Um, most of you know him. Um, he's grown up a lot and he's now area. He's looking at growing old here with his family. So in the meantime, through this process, this is where we feel that uh, we continue to do business, continue to meet the community, finish our finish well, and leave something behind that actually benefits the community that actually benefits everyone, not just um, making sure that I have a home to live in. That's where we're at. Um, I'm sure there's some questions and I'll do my best to answer them. Okay, so can I just uh, tell me if I heard this right? Uh, you've worked with Business Connect Alberta and Correct. you're hoping to eventually develop a, a, a condominium where the Bell Center is right now? Correct. Okay, and um, you're asking for, um, sorry? You're asking for uh... just the interest and try to clear up the complete any outstanding taxes, just forgiveness of the whether that means maybe forgiveness of the taxes and then uh, request for payment of the portion of the levies or so that we had spoke with the town about in June because there are some potential levies, offside levies along and look at the building permit alone is just $85,000. So we're just wanting to get to that point um, in the end so that there is some secure stability for, for Peace River. Um, we're having a hard time paying our taxes because there's not. Okay, so um, you're asking for forgiveness of interest um, and I'm sorry, but I'm not quite getting the <laughs> all the words. Um, so forgiveness of the uh, interest on the taxes owed. And then you mentioned uh, something about offsite levies that I wasn't quite able to catch. Correct. So we've already talked, met with a town in June. Okay. Submitting the uh, development permit, they would like a portion of the offsite levy prepaid. And um, they were talking around $40,000 total, but paying a portion up front and then 
We do know that we have to put in the development permit. So these are some things that with the timeline happened and version mortgage that we have to settle and take care of prior to that development permit. Um, saying that, that is just actually the only thing that we're held up with the bank and they want um, us to figure out. Okay. And also River. Okay. Um, thank you. Um, counselors or staff, do you have any questions? Um, Councillor Carr? Yes, uh, so, so am I to understand that you are, you are going to own this project when it's complete? No, Brad, I won't own anything. But okay, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, the reason I ask is you said we with the development permit and we with the bank and that sort of thing. That's why I ask. Because we have to put our name on it until which time all of the, the suites sold. Okay. Goes into the condominium. Um, it's like a company now that you have to have the condominium. It's like the company owns the building. We will not own anything, but we're hoping to have one. Okay, another question I have is most banks, well, any banks that I'm aware of, will not lend you money for any kind of development like this unless you have your new home warranty in place. Have you dealt with that? Um, well, we just have to finish this portion, Brad, and then we'll do that. Um, that is part of for sure. I'm just waiting to talk to my insurance agent. We've left a few messages for her. And definitely working through all that process. I know how that works and how the stages, but we'll do that along with all of the other insurance. We do have a corporate lawyer uh, that is dealing with real estate that deals with that. And they're just giving us the play-by-play -play what is required. And then, you know, guidelines that have to be done. They will give each step that has to be done. And that we are working with a local bank uh, here that, that will... Um, is very positive about the project along with a couple of investors that are local. So we're hoping to get to that point. Okay, thank you. Okay, um, any other councillors? Uh, Councillor Ford, then Councillor Shannon. Hi, Tony, how are you doing? Hi, Orrin. Um, during your presentation, you had mentioned, uh, uh, depending on what happens with this decision moving forward, uh, you use the term potential built. So this is not a guarantee that it is going to happen. We, in our mind, it's a hundred percent. If we can get through this hurdle, it's going to happen. Um, this is the only thing that's holding us up is this agreement in order to put in the development permit. We've done lots of work ahead of um, the actual, uh, the perspective building is already done. We have had, uh, We've also had, as recommended from the town office, we got um, a civic engineer. They did all the RPR, the site, the site plan. Uh, we have a structural engineer that comes in, is coming Wednesday to inspect all the, the beams and the buildings of the building. So all that stuff has been done. Um, the only thing we're waiting on is this portion of it. Once that's done, then they've asked us to put all the lands into one title. And that's something that we have to be able to get this cleared up in order to turn the lands into one title because they're all broken up in lot one, two, three, four, five. So we have to clear that up and put them into one title. And we can't do that until this, this step is done. 
But as far as we are concerned, we have done everything we can for this build. Um, it, we're just waiting for this portion to be taken care of. So just to follow up then the, so in, in your mind, it's a hundred percent go, but yeah. do you have a guarantee from the builder that's doing the project? If, do you have it that from them that it's a go? Yes. If we get, a, we get this taken care of and we get, well, the bank has already talked to us. We talked to the, and the builders are, yes, they're the ones that are giving this instructions about all of the, the pre-search that we have to do, things that we're doing. They're trying to help us to save a little money to get to that process because until we're right ready to build and that we're hoping to build may start to build my may 1st thank you okay um and uh kaylin i see that your hand is up um we have councillor shannon maybe with a question and then kaylin if you have a comment so councillor shannon um tony my question is um I know that you're hundred percent sure that you know everything will proceed. In the in the event that it doesn't, and you're not able to get get um, your tax uh, back taxes forgiven, uh, what what is your your future after that? Can you just speak a little bit to that, please? Um, well, we don't want the taxes forgiven. We're just asking for a relief on the interest. Um, and whether that's in turn of, okay, you have to pay your offsite levy now and you have to pay your building permit. So it almost is the same amount, which guarantees the town that something's gonna happen. If not, we've got our money. Um, either way, we're open to that, you know, that recommendation. But if it doesn't happen, I will be closing the doors. Uh, financially and feasibly, we cannot keep going at this point. Um, and that is the point. Like my husband is on long-term disability, has a brain injury. So I'm that's where we're at. Thank you. Just one more. Tony, yep. were you going to build on the existing building or were you going, is it a totally new build and um, demolition of the old? Um, that has been actually the question. Uh, we are we were going to go with the 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 basics build and the building the outside but after me with the engineers um kaylin is very experienced and has lots of experience in this and and the builds and he's working directly with the building the engineering he's taken the schooling at nate's in order to do the architectural designs so and he's a pipe fitter journeyman welding guy so what he's done is it's come to the point where we're probably going to have to shell the building right down to the pad and the steel beam structure that's are, that's there, if it tests properly, and then we will have to build from that point. So there will be not much left at this point. There will be it'll be cleaned up completely, trying to stay in the same footprint, um, but building two floors. Thank you, Tony. Thanks. Okay, um, Kaylin, if you could introduce yourself, and uh, you have a, a comment or. There, yeah, I'm Galen Schmidt. <clears throat> I'm Tony's son. Uh, and actually, just to, to um, kind of follow off what Tony said there, um, we've done a tremendous amount of work leading up to this. The uh, 3D conceptual drawings of the building and the, uh, the lot um, are all completed. <clears throat> They've been sent to the architect as of right now. We've also uh, had the, our, our builder look at them as well as the um, basic layout for the, uh, for the building, the main floor. 
and the uh, the top floor as well. Right now, we're just waiting for the structural engineers to <clears throat> relay the information on whether the uh, the steel that we have right now is going to be something that we can add on to or completely remove. Uh, so we're waiting for that information, and then going forward, we'll be able to answer more questions on uh, specific dimensions. Uh, as well as where the the building footprint is going to be um, expanded to on the east side, and uh, and you know going forward with all the encroachment agreements that would follow after that as well. But there's been a tremendous amount of uh, work put in, and uh, and as Tony said, we've met with uh, multiple lenders, uh, m lawyers, uh, multiple builders, and, and we've tried to take every aspect we can to put the right foot forward here. Uh, moving forward, because as she said, uh, there's no other future for the Bell Center. Thank you. Um, other councillors, any questions? Councillor Carr or Councillor Scamahorn, then Councillor Carr. Sure. Thanks for coming, Tony and Kaylin. Um, now, Tony, you had mentioned that you've been chatting with the, the planning department and stuff with the town for a while june uh kind of thing how how have how has how has that gone uh for you guys there um just kind of dealing with them and getting questions answered and communication back and forth and stuff actually um a little bit with the planning department it was a delay on that uh but once we got through we went with the administration because it is a bigger project than than was expected when we submitted it it was unexpected, I'm sure, through the town office. And when we met with them, they had several questions about why, when, and what, how. Um, so basically the build is, you know, it to us, it is gonna be just a beneficial thing for downtown or the bridge community. Um, not only just bringing in our local folks that were retiring and moving out of town, but to keep them here and do spending money downtown Peace River. We did a lot of numbers projections for the government, for the projections for um, Business Connect, and most of all, going to finish well. That is my heart. I don't mean to be weepy, but I want to finish well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Councillor Carr, you had a question? I think it's a great idea, Tony. I hope you can make it happen. I'm just curious, would it be possible to get a letter from your bank showing that they are behind this project? Because it's quite a significant amount of money. You know, it's not a shock to anybody. Would it be possible to get a, not asking for details or anything, but just some kind of a letter indicating that they are behind this project? Well, the bank that we're clearing this up with is they, we can get a letter from the lawyer for sure the lawyer. Um, that's who we're dealing with that right now, because what we're doing is working through one bank in order to move to another bank. Um, and then also working with it with community futures through that full transition process. Um, but I think, you know, if you're looking at paying the past, all paying up all the taxes, ensuring that it's covered the um, offsite levy and the building permit, I think that would I feel that that would be for the town confirmation that this is going to happen. And because um, I think sometimes with it's a conflict of interest if we give too much information as to which bank and that bank. Um, but we do definitely have a bank on side presently 
that is asking us to do this to clean it up in order to turn the lands over for the town, this bank will be removed and then the new banking bank will come online, which is going to be the construction mortgage banking, which is already, okay. yeah, as, which has already said that they will be able to cover up to 20 million. Okay, thank you. But we're not doing that alone, Brad. We do have people that are looking to invest. Um, some names that you will definitely realize. Gosh, I'd pick your brain anytime because I know you've been through this. Well, I, I, think it's a, I think it's a great idea. Be good for the area, good for the town. <clears throat> yeah, I think business, new life, and, and, you know, inject a lot of money into the community. But mm -hmm. it is, I feel very confident about it because we've not just done it lightly. We've worked really hard at it and um, really put, put some people involved that have, have educated bills in this, in this area. Okay, thank you. I forgot to mention, we do have, uh, we've met with probably, I, I would say 15 different um, people that have said they would definitely buy one or put their name down on a paper or pre-buy, pre um, meaning that, you know how that works. We don't get the money, but the bank is happy to see that. And that's what I think, that's what our bank is really happy to see that they've that we do have these people and they're willing to put a letter of intent down. Thank you. Uh, other questions, councillors? Councillor Boychuk, any question from you? No? Yeah, I just kind of have one just to make sure I'm clear here. So when, when this is all said and done, you're not gonna be a partner of this complex at all? You're selling the bill and the land to them separately? Okay. Yeah. I'll be sold. Um, I'm basically the engine to happen. Uh, Kalen's probably smarter than me. Uh, the builders, definitely. I will be more on the marketing side of things, Mark, and the sales part of things to sell the con uh, suites, uh, you know, working behind the scene, answering questions. And I will be liable to the bank. That is the other thing. But I will not own the building. The condominium, the people that own the, con the condos, it with condo association, the condo association will own the facility and they will own the lands. And then each individual owner resident pays their own taxes. Okay. Cause I was just wondering if pre-sale of the condos could help pay off the taxes or, or whatever. Yeah. yeah that's what we're working on right now. Actually, we met with the bank and there are, there are some projects where the, the top five banks, uh, if people do pre-buy, uh, it's a building mortgage. We're working on trying to find that out. Uh, we're going to invite the five uh, bank managers here and go over some of the things. Um, a fellow out of Calgary is just working on some of the questions and answers for him. And then we're going to do a lunch and learn for them. But as for the, um, the actual build for the building, that is, you know, the responsible of the new company or myself, Blaine and Kaylin to make sure it happens and our name's on the line, but we also pre-sale that any pre-sales goes into the lawyer and is held in trust, but it also the documentation goes to our bank, which gives them more confidence. Okay, um, Councillor Stammerhorn and then Councillor Shannon. I think uh, Councillor Shannon had her hand icon up first there. So go okay. for go for her. Go ahead, 
Okay. Uh, just to clarify, so I, I, I'm, I'm just want to clear up kind of something you had mentioned earlier. So you said should should this should this go? What you're asking for, if we're able to fulfill your request, you've got basically over six figures of uh, between your permit applications and some of the other fees that are going to be going. And basically, you're saying like, this is my deposit on this thing. Like we've got we've got stuff ready to go once this moves to to put into the town for the offsite levy side for the development permit side that that we're going to be putting in, kind of guaranteeing like, hey, this is this is how serious we are. We've got these these things ready to line up for it, right? Councillor Shannon. I, I wanted to know, Tony, from beginning to end, if you say May 1st, you would like to have shovels in the ground. Do you know what your, your time frame is? And then um, just to comment that I agree that it's um, a great idea and the 55 plus is, um, there's a, a, a lot of people here that would fall into that category and we are missing um, a building like that. So that is uh, just a comment. But if you could just tell me how long the completion is would be. Kaylin, you want knows a little more of the timeline. Sure, so uh, <clears throat> uh, we'd be looking at uh, roughly uh, 18 months to two years would be our timeline. That's what we're gonna be aiming for. Um, now, as you know, that uh, there is material shortages and uh, supply chain breakdowns all over the world right now. So, you know, barring that we don't have any serious complications with uh, certain things that we'll be looking for in the future, um, our timeline should, uh, should be between 18 months and two years. Um, and once we get uh, this information back from the structural engineers, whether uh, we're able to use the existing steel or not, or add on to it, um, we'll be able to give a little bit more information at that point. Right now, um, not knowing that information, it, it's hard to, uh, to be able to say whether we're going to have an extra uh, month or of demolition or not at this moment. Okay. Um... Any staff that would have further uh, questions that might help council uh, figure out a way forward here? Well, um, uh, Your Worship, if you don't mind, uh, we have, uh, administration has been talking with Tony for quite a bit. Uh, we have um, requested some documents and uh, we've sent it to her in writing. So. Uh, in order for us to help facilitate, we need the documents that uh, have been asked for, and um, um, and then that we'll do everything we can to, to move things. Um, but we're also bound by certain um, uh, making sure we follow all the provincial regulations. So um, sooner we get the documents, sooner we can say, okay, here's here's any other issues or concerns we have. I, the documents. Which other documents were you talking about? Um, uh, our manager, uh, Modi, um, uh, Alicia Modi can uh, tell you about it, but some of them is the, the real property report and, uh, and there's a couple of other things that we're looking for. Okay. Yeah, we have all of that. That's not a problem at all. Um, it's just at this point, we need to step forward on once we can get this, this hurdle done, we will put everything in. Um, we're just feeling like, uh, we paid a lot of money for reports that we didn't have when we initially, uh, started. Bell Center. So we paid a ton of money for them and we'd like to keep, kind of keep them until a development portion. Um, once we submit all the development stuff, you will get all of that because it's quite, you know, we put in about $16,000 worth of uh, expenses 
And then, so once we do that, we'll put the development in and then we go from the building permit from there. But you will get it in the development permit stages for sure. We do have it. Thank you. Uh, Ms. Modi, any? Uh, no, Your Worship, I, I don't think I have anything necessarily to add at this point. It sounds like the ask here is, relates to the, the tax interest um, forgiveness. Uh, and then if and when council makes that decision, then that will influence the Bell Center's ability to, to make the development and related applications that they need to to kickstart the development process. But certainly we've communicated with them all the information that uh, we'll need to, to go through that process with them. And as soon as we get it, we'll, we'll move it as quickly as we can to try and meet their timelines. Is the real property report uh, required to um, be able to combine the lots into one big lot? Is that part of that? Uh, the real property report principally relates to an, a request around encroachment. Uh, there's the potential for a portion of the existing foundation to encroach onto public land just ever so slightly. Uh, and if the bell wants to retain that as part of the building foundation, then we'll need to enter into a, an encroachment agreement with them. So that would be a part of that process. Okay. Any further um, questions? Uh, Tony or Kaylin, anything? Yeah, Kaylin has been working with Alicia too, for sure. Okay. Uh, he that with that, so thank you. Uh, Councillor Carr? I, I know I already mentioned the new home warranty thing, Tony, but just a heads up, it's, it's very difficult to get it. So if you haven't started on that, I would just advise that you yeah. at least look into it because it is very difficult to get if you haven't, if you don't have a history of building and it, there's a lot to it. So, me, you know, just a heads up. I really appreciate it. Yeah, actually, you know, we're saying that when we met with the lawyers, um, they actually that Matthew is out of their league. So they got us in contact with some lawyers. They actually came here to check the facility and, and they gave us some recommendations. And what you're saying is we've learned some things that that's why we're looking at bringing the building right down to the, the pad um, to make sure that we're covering some of those details. Don't taking any risk that it's going to come back on us, that we don't have the building built properly. So if you bring it right down the pad, you have less, less uh, liability in that way. And then the new homeowners, um, we do have, we did see the liability insurance is on our builders. And so that will help us to move forward. But again, we will make sure that that is taken care of. And if you have a recommended company, you know, of, we would like to hear that too. But uh, normally it's going through the real estate lawyers. We're hoping that they, you know, they're on their game, but if you know something, we're, we're open to any information that's local, that we know that fits our community. Yeah. Any further questions? Well, Tony, uh, obviously a very exciting project and uh, we're all hopeful that uh, things will all work out. Um, Councillors, I would put forward that perhaps just so we all uh, know where we are, timelines and so on, that. Perhaps we need to put forth a motion directing admin to come back with an options report, um, hopefully by next council meeting. If anyone's willing to put forward that motion, uh, Councillor Fordwood, um, does everyone understand the motion? 
Okay, any further discussion? Okay, all those in favor of the motion? I think it is carried. Okay, um, thank you very much, uh, Tony and Kaylin and um, uh, admin uh, will, I guess, be asking if there's any uh, further details they need from you in order to get back to council with this um, options report, which then allows us to uh, make a decision as quick as everything falls into place to get that report done and back to us. I'm all of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for coming, Thank Tony. Thank you guys for your time. Appreciate it. Good luck, guys. Yes, Bye. good luck. Thank you. Um, and could someone uh, please call um, Mr. Good back into the meeting, please? I see Director Park, CAO Parker is doing that. And we will return to the uh, agenda and Mr. Tribush might be getting ready with the um, briefing note on the 2022 operating budget. That is correct, uh, Madam Mayor. <clears throat> While we're waiting for Councillor Good to return, I'm going to make sure the technology is working here and I'll sh share my PowerPoint. I'm back. All right, welcome back, Councillor Good. Everybody sees the PowerPoint? Yes. All right, wonderful. Okay, so if we're ready to go, Your Worship, I will take it from here. Ready to go. So this briefing note is um, an introduction to um, set the stage and the, and the um, discussions for building our budget with the uh, new council and, and new mayor for 2022. We are gonna focus on the operating budget tonight and um, talk to you about how that process has um, unfolded. So we're gonna speak to you about following the budget policy that we spoke about in our council orientation over the last few days um, and how that policy guides us in, in uh, building our operating budget and capital budget. We'll tell you about the many assumptions that the administration has used in the build out of our budget for next year. We'll talk to you about um, many of the items that are outside of our control when we um, put our bu budget together for next year. We'll show you uh, a snapshot of where we're at with the 2022 operating budget. We're gonna reveal to you what that looks like to um, our average single family dwelling in terms of what the uh, tax rate would look like from their perspective. Talk about some options and strategies to move forward and then discuss um, moving forward into our next council meetings with the um, um, eventual object, ob objective of having a past uh, interim budget before the end of the year. So on that note, our policy that we're currently following, P12-83A, tells the administration to um, build the budget on uh, council strategic plan. 
And um, I don't have a very uh, long history with your municipality, as, as you know, but uh, CAO Parker um, did tell me that we do have a, a, a strategic plan in place, but we would need to refresh that with the new council and ensure that um, we work with the new council in terms of finalizing their strategic um, uh, ideas into uh, the final budget once it is passed as we move into the early part of 2022. And our CAO Parker, if I didn't get that right, feel free to uh, jump in and correct me. Well, well, basically what it is, is technically we still do have a strategic plan. It's the current one that has been passed by the previous one, but we are planning a new uh, um, uh, uh, meeting of council to develop a new strategic plan. But uh, so there are some unfinished things from the old one, but really the, the new one will take over. Um, but our budget is based on part of the strategic plan and also on our policy. Well, thank you for that, Mr. Parker. Uh, the, the next uh, guiding principle in, in the um, policy is that we take our budget from last year called our base budget. And uh, we'll show you exactly how we did that in an upcoming slide. And then we also will show you in a slide that any new uh, changes in terms of service um, enhancements, um, how they impact the budget as well. The capital budget also is discussed in the same policy. And um, I'm not gonna go into too much detail there around uh, capital budget policies because we'll discuss that in your next council meeting. We just wanted to focus on operating budget for tonight because there's lots to, to to digest tonight on the operating budget. Um, but in general, the capital budget is built off of an existing five-year capital plan because it has a much longer term look and feel to it because it deals with large infrastructure projects. So it has a more um, uh, concrete and long-term plan that we build off of. So moving along, uh, let's talk about the assumptions that the administration considered in, in building the budget for next year. Again, we followed our policy that guides us, so we did not uh, deviate from that policy, so no changes there for 2022. In our salary and wages budget, we are looking at a 1.5% um, inflationary factor to the tune of 138,570 in 2022. And that is um, aligning with the collective agreement that we have with our current unions. There are some service enhancement um, costs that are, are also increasing the salary and wages component by another 45,000. Um, and that is for, um, most of that is actually gonna be a one-time increment of approximately $35,000 for um, the 55 plus games and uh, Director Bell, if you need to comment on that here, please feel free to weigh in. There are also um, some smaller items in that $45,000 for community services to um, increase uh, some benefits and also one position from temporary to full time. And the total cost impact of that is 45,718. Uh, when we look at uh, inflation for next year, we use a factor called municipal price index or MPI. It's a little bit different from CPI. And we used um, some research that we obtained from the city of Edmonton and applied some 
adjustments to that rate of inflation with um, our internal director of engineering and arrived at an overall inflation rate on materials and supplies for our region of approximately 3.66%. So that impact is a cost increase of $252,000 approximately. And then there's a cost as well for picking up the Lions campground next year from Director Bell. She's estimated that to be about $27,000 approximately. So that would be considered a new service enhancement. The next line item, we actually lose some grant support next year. There was a municipal operating support transfer or most grant that we had in our budget last year. We have to take that out because we don't get that next year. Uh, we've adjusted some revenues in our, particularly in our recreation facilities to go back to a more normal year. That'll give us a revenue pickup of about 94,460. Whoops. We have um, some adjusted manpower levels as well now that COVID is um, allowing us to get back to more normal operations. So there's a little bit of a cost increase for that. 33,000 is our estimate there. Um, next March, it's my understanding that the airport contract is now fully transferred over to the new, um, oh, don't test me on the name of the new organization. It's uh, Mr. Parker can probably step in and tell us what the name of the new organization is. Yeah, the Peace River Airport uh, Association, I believe it's called. The, the, and, All right. And, yeah, the new entity. I, we just refer to it as the new entity. All right, and then that uh, will see us have some transition of labor costs over to that new entity. So we'll uh, take out three quarters of the year um, for wages uh, as a result of that transfer. Here's a, a, a big ticket item. Uh, the RCMP collective agreement is not only an annual increase going forward for their um, for their contracted services for the town, but it's also a four-year retroactive adjustment. So the estimate there is $550,000 in, in the 2022 budget. We've also taken out uh, um, a number of uh, projects this year uh, by using debt through ACFA. And those projects range from a new sand and salt shed for $425,000 all the way up to a new wastewater treatment plant clarifier for $1.36 million. Uh, there's also some parks being funded by um, debt next year, or this year's rather. And then there's also the new aerial apparatus truck that we just awarded. So that borrowing is in this year is almost $3 million, it's $2.9 million. So next year, um, there'll be debt servicing kicking in of 329883 And that's based on past decisions that we can't undo now. Um, and then there's also um, some service enhancements. Uh, Mr. Parker is uh, directed to undertake an organizational review next year. So we put in some consulting costs of approximately 75,000 next year into the budget. And our protective services department, um, Fire Chief Harris has come forward and also requested some new um, office chairs and equipment for his facilities. They're apparently are extremely old and um, 
he'd like to see those uh, items replaced. And I believe those items were around the $16,000 mark. So when you apply all of these budgeted assumptions, a lot of them are out of the administration's control. And um, here's an ex example listing of them. The RCMP, they're a contracted service and they are putting their increases annually for their labor collective agreement plus their retroactive adjustment. So again, it's a budget, very big budget pressure on the town that we are out of control on. Uh, or I shouldn't say. If I could just add also, there's a couple of other components with the RCMP. There will be uh, body cameras. We don't know if that's going to be this year, next year, or if they're going to phase it in over a couple of years. There's also the replacement of their service handguns. And uh, there's an issue with excess leave amount. Uh, all of those, we don't know what the funding is going to be, but they have given us warning that uh, it's coming down the pipe. Thank you, Mr. Parker. I, um, I just have a quick question, sorry. Um, other municipalities are fighting that retroactive RCMP fee. Is that an option for us or is that a done deal now? Municipalities have to carry that? The, the agreement is with the federal government. And the federal government, um, as you know, is from your training, is higher level of government. We can say we don't want to pay for it. We can say, hey, this isn't a good thing. Um, but at the end of the day, we're the creatures of, of uh, basically the province. And the province, uh, I don't know if the province has publicly stated one way or another, but they said they weren't taking it, the hit for it. But I don't know if they've been saying that the feds have to do it or not. I haven't seen anything publicly from them. But that that's one thing that we could probably do is we could lobby uh, the people, uh, ministers, when we're down at AUMA and just see where they're at, the province. Um, but really, at the end of the day, it's the federals. So we did bring this up in our meeting with Minister Madhu that we had in the summer. And uh, it's, it's happening, folks. Um, they have their own priorities on the province, one of those being a uh, provincial police force. And this is just another uh, another pounding on the back of that wedge that's uh, that's going to, you know, be something they're going to use to make that happen as well. So uh, we're along for the ride. Um, with respect to the retroactive pay, um, is is it all done with next year or does the retroactive pay get paid a little chunk next year and then a little chunk the next year and so on? Or is this incorporated all? You know, the letter we received, uh, your worship from RCMP doesn't, doesn't spell out how they are going to pay out that retroactive adjustment to their members. Um, they've simply stated that in their letter that our, our cost would be a, a one-time hit for the four-year retroactive amount. And they gave us the, the numbers to use to uh, put that into our budget. Thanks. And we have, I have um, followed up with them regularly through email and it's pretty much become just a, it's silent right now. I haven't heard anything. Obviously a very, very, uh, yeah, a real sticking point for a lot of municipalities across Alberta. Okay, moving on, there's the Peace Regional Waste Management Corporation, also known as PRWMC. They had a um, deficit uh, for their last budget year of 600 and some thousand dollars. 
and we're picking up our three seventh share of that. So that comes to $257,000 and change. Uh, the next one, again, we talked about inflation, which is really something that as our, especially in this region, a lot of our materials and supplies are, as you know, um, due to COVID and other um, inflationary pressures are, are high for this area. So there's about a quarter of a million dollars um, being added to our budget just for uh, inflation alone. Um, our grant in the MSI, the provincial MSI capital grant, if we compare 2021's amount to 2022, it's going down by 1.1 million. So that affects our grant funding for capital projects for next year. It's really a capital item. So we can talk more about that when we get to the capital budget. But again, that's just an example of something that, that the administration can't control. Um, our grant in lieu of taxes, which is properties that are owned by other levels of government, they give you a grant instead of, a, of the property tax. And the province um, had published some information um, that Ms. McQuay brought to our attention that there is, um, the province is reducing the amount that they pay in grant in lieu to save on their budget dollars. Um, annually and over the last four years, they're uh, saving $81 million as a result of paying less property tax to municipalities, again, out of our, uh, out of our hands. The education tax and the North Peace Housing Foundation, we act as, a, as a, an agency. We have to fund all the administrative costs to collect these taxes, print all the notices, do all the administration, collect the money. I, I, It'd be hard to even estimate the internal cost to process all of that. But again, it's a, it's a service that we have to provide. We collect the money and we transfer it over to these two other organizations. It's out, oh. of, our, yeah. it's out of our control. So we act as a flow through agency. So for the education tax, the rural municipalities have had some education tax forgiveness for their unpaid taxes on some of the oil and gas um, uh, properties that haven't been paying taxes. Um, provinces, uh, no mention of that for any of our unpaid taxes, I understand. We have little or no um, of those oil type assets in our municipality that would attract that, that I'm aware of. Um, and I can follow that up with yeah. our, with yeah, our I assessor. Yeah, not really so much the oil and gas, just unpaid taxes and unpaid tax. It's just treated differently depending where it comes from, I guess. Okay. And then the next two quickly, the provincial traffic safety fines. The, the province changed their funding formula and that uh, change in the percentage that they share sees a decrease in our fine revenue of $75,000. So again, somebody else changed the rules and it impacts us. Uh, and the last one, we uh, had uh, the prior council passed, uh, I believe it was six borrowing bylaws over the last year. And so those borrowing bylaws are going to increase our debt servicing by $329,000. So another uh, impact to the bottom line for next year. 
Moving on to the next slide, here's your first snapshot of what the budget's gonna look like at this point in time, based on all the assumptions we just covered. So if you look at the first column here, this was your budget that, that the prior council approved. And you can see here as according to the MGA, it's a balanced budget. So there's no, there's no surplus, there's no deficit. We're bound by the MGA to have a balanced budget. When you apply all of the previous uh, slides that I spoke of across the board, all of the uncontrollable and the controllable changes, Here's the big one here from the RCMP. You end up with a new budget for 2022 that's $1.2 million short of being balanced. Under the MGA, we have to make this come to zero. So thus our work begins and we are now gonna go into deliberations over the next few weeks together as a team between the administration and council to get a balanced budget to come to zero here. And this uh, in information here is for council's uh, reference. For every 1% that we move the tax up or down, it results in $115,000 roughly. So if you were to raise $1.2 million, what that means is to an average homeowner with a property. This is the, uh, I worked with our external assessor to come up with an average property in the town of Peace River. So this is the, the middle point here is a home at $254,700 assessed value. And if you apply a 10.85% tax increase to cover this $1.2 million shortfall, if sprinkle that across the assessment base, uh, average home would see their property taxes from 2021 go up from 2,571 to 2,850. And that is about $23.25 a month. The loss that we talked about in that waste management corporation, we do charge a $17.50 monthly fee for waste management. So to recover the loss uh, for our share of that organization, we would see the waste management fee go from $210 to $318. And that's a change of about $9 a month. Overall, the whole change or increase to the average homeowner would be about $32.25 per month. So as council works with the administration to um, balance our budget for 2022, we like to refer back to this slide because I think it's very important. The administration feels it's important for council to know this middle box here and what that means to your, your constituents. So to work with the um, administration and council to balance our budget for next year, we're seeking direction from council on any service level enhancements that council may wanna direct um, administration to bring forward. We're looking for direction on what council wants to see a, a tax rate increase be, if any. And also we'd be looking for any service level changes that are appropriate for council. And also um, 
there could be some direction that we would seek as well around increasing user fees. That's another way to help balance that budget. And we do have a number of different user fees across our facilities as well that uh, are levers in terms of raising revenue. And then lastly, just in terms of next steps, we already talked about developing strategies together to balance the budget. We'll bring forward a slide uh, on capital in the next meeting, similar to the same approach we just took tonight. Um, we do have their, the next council meeting set and ready to go into November and December. We have to have our interim budget passed by the end of the year. And with that, I will take questions and turn it back to your worship. So maybe if you could go back to the uh, previous slide direction from council and keep us focused, I guess, <laughs> a little bit. Um, so if, if nothing else happened, uh, we are obligated to come up with the one point, uh, whatever million dollars, is that correct? 1.224, I believe it was. Okay, one million, one, yeah. one, one, two, four, four, yeah. And that is with uh, really no increase in any service level, including any increase in um, number of full-time positions and stuff like that. Yes. One small, small, minuscule uh, increase. And this is a casual position that would be a 0.6 position and that's $10,000 and that's under community services. We also have a temporary position of approximately 30. Um, I won't uh, uh, talk about that one, but, <laughs> yeah, no. but it's only one time. You, if, I'm still director of Alice Thunder. So you, you talk about that one, but it's a uh, one shot for one this year. Yeah, I just want to clarify some of the numbers. So there's a uh, proposal for one casual position to turn into permanent. So it's just the cost of the benefits associated with that because we're having significant turnover over and over with our home support aides and the seniors home support program. And we're hoping maybe a permanent position might attract someone as opposed to the casual. Um, and it's approximately 5,000. Uh, or $6,000 in benefits. And then there's a $5,000 increase to the Baytex guest services representatives. It's a number of hours of increase because of the rep program. We need to have the front counter staffed every hour that we're open now for the vaccine passport, um, proof of vaccine or negative testing um, process. We can't just be open and let people come and go as we have in the past. So this is an operational change that potentially is temporary um, and would be reduced in the future. And then the final piece, which is approximately 35,000, is a temporary position for the 55 plus games, which is what we're doing right now. I have an individual who's helping us put the games in place and she'd be um, carried forward in her employment as a temporary employee if council approves January through July and help us some time after to do report writing and cleanup. So all those pieces together are that $45,000 mark. But 35 of, that, of it is a one-time only 
scenario and possibly five more of it. So so would other municipalities be contributing uh, like amounts? So each municipality is uh, committed to $15,000 and we've asked them to also contribute in-kind staff uh, and other in-kind services. So for example, Northern Sunrise County has um, committed Julian Bergeron to the uh, safety and uh, medical and security or medical and safety uh, committee member. So he's taking on that role, which actually would be a sub set substantial amount of time. And we've also given them a list of other potential in-kind donations, like photocopying all the participant registration uh, handbooks and all the volunteer handbooks and, you know, those kinds of yeah. contributions. Yeah. So with generally with respect to service level enhancements, um, this means uh, other than the staff just discussed, uh, no increase in any staff in any department. Is that what we're saying? If we wish to increase, um, I don't know, staff X in department Y, uh, we would just add on to the 1.2 some million. That's and, correct, Your Worship. And have we heard from those departments as to what their... Um, our thoughts are on present staffing versus uh, what they can do with respect to service levels, because service levels affect such things as we can fill um, 20 potholes because we've got this number of staff. We can't fill 60 potholes because we don't have the staff for it. Or uh, we can snow plow, uh, I don't know, three times a year, not five times a year. That kind of thing is staffing level. And I, I, many other staffing level ideas, I guess, as well. So counselors, that's kind of the stuff we're, we're looking at here. So when you think about it, uh, you've heard from certain residents about this and that. Uh, this is where that might come into play, your thoughts on our present commitments. Uh, for instance, the taxi pass program is already built into this at, uh, I guess, present level plus a little bit of inflation as discussed here. Um, so does anybody else wish to have a comment on, let's say the serving service level aspect? I have a question for Tanya. Mm -hmm. Tanya, um, any possibility of getting grants for positions? pilot projects, uh, staff members that way? Not for current services, not typically. Um, special projects uh, and uh, special grants are typically how we receive grants. Um, for 55 plus games, there are no grants any longer through the province at all. They, the province has cut them all for any sort of sport and recreation events. But any new service, potentially, depending on the type of service, yeah. And just to add to that, Councillor Boychuk, on the capital side of grant funding, the MSI funding's dropping by over a million dollars going into next year. So we're not seeing anything wonderful on the capital side either. What was MSI this year? Sort of. One second, please. Yeah, that's okay. 
So MSI helped in part to pay, I believe, and somebody correct me on this, uh, part of neighborhood improvement. Uh, maybe Mr. McQuaig, you could tell us uh, what else MSI helped out with. Yep, I'm just gonna drag, drag out my budget book for last year. So it's on page 87 there, Jim. Yep. I just got to grab out, I guess, all the books out in front of me right now. So last year, MSI covered off of uh, $360,000 for the greater replacement, $775,000 for uh, neighborhood renewal, $40,000 for the pool landscape upgrades, uh, $60,000 for the biosolid dewatering pit lagoon. That was uh, the engineering that went in this year. And then fifty thousand for water treatment plant upgrades. The total was. So the total of that MSI was one point four three five million. That was used last year, and the province really had kind of uh, indicated that they were upping. Did they not up the MSI? and say, well, this is kind of going to be it uh, for sort of this year plus. Not as in the future. That is correct, your worship. Um, if I look at the tables published on the uh, Municipal Affairs website, the MSI capital allotment for the town of Peace River in 2021 was 1.4 million, which is the number that Mr. McQuaid just referred to. Um, if you look at the 2022 table, it drops down to 750604 and then the same number for 2023 yeah um, so that you know loss of 1.1 million there and the other one that uh, we uh, typically gets uh, a fair bit of use out of is the federal gas tax which uh, mr trubbish uh, for me it's renamed now but last year of the 350,000 that we received on the federal gas tax program, uh, two, 200,000 went for neighborhood renewal, 100,000 went for pavement overlay projects, 50,000 uh, went for water treatment plant upgrades. So. Mm -hmm. and, and just to add to that, your worship, um, the 2021 funding uh, schedule published by Municipal Affairs, again, showed our funding as 409,674, but there was a one-time bump up in 2021. Um, for the, it's actually called the Canada Community Building Fund now. It's no longer referred to as federal gas tax. So our total was 801, but they've dropped that back up, back down to 409 for 2022. They took out that, that one-time bump up, which is probably due to COVID. Hmm. Okay, and the other service level enhancements uh, could be things like anything on economic development, uh, any tourist strategy, that sort of thing is a service level discussion, I believe. Um, so that is that is totally correct, uh, Your Worship. And uh, Director Tribush has given us sort of a, an operational look see, the capital look see. There, in my opinion, there is some that are uh, have tos for next year and or the, yeah next year and 
there's very few, well, maybes as I understand it. So the capital, we're also probably looking at a, a red figure, are we? So um, there's, there's uh, grant, new grant money plus grant money left over that we haven't spent yet to the, the, these two numbers here. This is our planned, our budgeted grant money for capital for next, for 2022. And here it is flowing out to the uh, restricted surplus. So there's going to be 5.4 million at a minimum, just based on grants for capital. And the reason we're bringing that forward at the next council meeting is we just want to shore up that number and ensure that we are bringing forward the right uh, amount of grant funding available for capital at the next meeting. Yeah. And, um... Besides service level on the, the previous page, tax rate increase. So council can see that um, what a 10.85% tax rate increase does to um, an average household budget. So if your house is assessed at more than 254,000, then this would likely go up. So right now, just to break even on the operational, that's $32.25 a month. Um, so a house double that, I don't quite know if that means it goes to double the 60 some odd, which, you know, breaks down $32 something a month is, um, it can be significant for people. Your, your your thought process is correct. Yeah, the higher the uh, the higher the property tax number here, if you multiply it by ten point eight five percent, the higher the increase. Yeah. So um, so there's that aspect, and council could say, uh, no, we absolutely want zero tax increase. So that means go back and look at the service levels and figure out what can be cut to the tune of the one point some odd million. Um, the other service level changes, it's kind of intertwined here, but could figure out something to decrease service level. Uh, there doesn't appear to be much um, in the way of other income streams, put it that way. And user fee increases Usually the rec department has an annual user fee increase of uh, around 2% or a little bit less. And is that built into these um, uh, numbers? Not yet, but it's not significant. Sorry, not, not yet, but it's an option if council would like us to review that and bring back uh, the implications of it. So the 2% is not built into this right now. That's correct. And so council on service level and fee uh, change would have to probably come to a decision about whether to maintain the philosophy of 2% to keep up with a little bit of things or ignore it. The year following, you're that much further behind then in terms of wages and so on for that department in a sense, yeah. And if council, if, if your worship, if you don't mind me saying this, for like the last couple of years, we basically really didn't raise taxes for the last two years. Um, and, and that was a conscious effort just because of, you know, the situation everyone was going through. 
uh, with COVID and everything. And uh, unfortunately, somehow it just caught up with us a little bit. And well, there were some savings we ran into during COVID as well with less staff in a lot of our rec facilities. So, so we had a lot of possibilities around being able to do that. But now that we're open for business under the REP, you know, these, these staff are all back. So all these savings that we had that allowed that are now not there. And, and that's correct. I think that's something uh, within Director Trebush's um, presentation we might have uh, highlighted in one of the charts was the increases within my department area substantially were putting back to normal operations. And it was approximately uh, a thirty or $50,000 salary uh, readjustment specifically at the pool. That's the minimum that we saved uh, per year easily over the last couple of years, if not more. What we budgeted for last year and what we've actually uh, spent is actually substantially different because we were closed additional hours that we hadn't uh, anticipated. So so the other yeah. thing is, um, yes, uh, council could say, well, let's close the recreational facilities that charge fees and whatnot. Let's reduce their hours, therefore reducing um, salaries. Um, therefore whatever, but that means uh, less use by residents of those facilities. So that is an option, a decision to think about. Not a pleasant one, but. Uh, Councillor Ford, do you have any uh, comments on budget options and strategies? Not at this point, this is uh, all soaking in. Okay, uh, Councillor Shannon. Any thoughts on this slide? Yes, I have thoughts. Um, mm -hmm. I have questions. Yeah, I go ahead. To know, uh, we're talking about savings during uh, COVID on staff. I'd like to know if there was any staff laid off, like say, like at all the all the venues or, or our um, properties. I'd like to know what staff were were laid off if they went on to um, like, you know, the CERB or the whatever was there for COVID supports. Um, is there some kind of a idea you could give me on, on how that money was, was saved? And then number two, um, I see, you know, tax rate increases on the table. You know, I think, I think before any of my, first thought is before raising any taxes, do we not look for efficiencies in operations and things like that? So that's just a comment. And then my question on the, um, on, on Tanya's um, talking mm -hmm. about the COVID. Thank you. Sure. Yeah. Um, easily can answer your first question, Councillor Shannon, on um, staff layoffs. What we did at the pool and at the Baytex is the casual staff received no hours. So technically they were not laid off. We only laid off one individual that was a temporary position, but all the 20 plus staff at the pool received no hours for the, any time that we were closed. And I say any time because there were, I think three, <laughs> three periods of closures. So those staff received no hours. Um, then we encouraged them to access the CERB 
And I don't know exactly who accessed how many staff did. That wasn't something we kept uh, records on. It's, it's not our information, it's their personal information. Um, but we also had a number of staff who went on EI, depending on uh, how many hours they were actually working for us um, throughout that time frame. So we had a minimum of about 23 to 24 at the pool and another five at the Baytex. And then the other piece is every two summers in a row, we were impacted for our summer staff. We did not hire uh, at the museum, we only hired one staff last summer. We normally hire three. The year previous, we didn't hire any. At the Baytex for recreation programming, we hired only four or five last, uh, sorry, uh, not last summer, this past summer, the summer previous. Um, but we hired full complement this past year because we ran full programs for rec programming. So there was a kind of a couple of layers of... Um, not filling positions and then um, having no hours for casual staff. So there was no positions cut at all. Just That's correct. Positions didn't get, but the, um, so when the facilities were closed, were the people still on, on salaries that are still getting paid so, through the town? No, anyone that was casual was not paid through the town. So those 23, 24 pool staff were all off of our um, payroll for their entire closure. At the pool, we have three permanent staff, and those three were employed through those closures. We had them doing things like uh, they transferred all of the um, safe work practices for public works into a new template. So we had them doing special projects and active uh, work. We did shutdown in the middle of the year, the previous year, which we normally wouldn't do, but we did shut down with those three permanent staff pre predominantly for almost a two month period. So we just shifted what they did within the time frame that we were closed. And the amount of time it took every time we closed and then to reopen again, we needed those staff to get those processes back in place because it was um, a significant pivoting of operations every time the province came out with a new process or new restriction or this is how you can operate or you can't do this or whatever the process was. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, it counts or uh, CAO Parker or Director McQuaig, could you maybe speak a little bit to the pluses and minuses of COVID in terms of uh, efficiencies in terms of staffing or or not other operations within departments? Well, well one of the problems that we did find is that when we did have some vacancies, uh, it was much harder to fill the vacancies. That, that was a problem that, and we're still, you know, we still have some vacancies now that we're having a difficult time finding out. Uh, what we did do is we ended up having to spend quite a bit of money to work from home. Um, uh, we uh, had to upgrade our computer system uh, a bit, uh, but we were able to do quite a few projects uh, which some individuals were uh, working from home. Uh, we continued with Zoom all the way through. Uh, we would have daily meetings as opposed to uh, you know, a weekly meeting um, and making sure that we, we could track staff, what they were doing and what they weren't doing. Um, but uh, yeah, basically uh, the, the bad thing was uh, like everyone found out is, is just 
not being in this cohesive atmosphere and some things slipped through the cracks. And uh, the good things was, is we, we learned that uh, uh, we could be a little more efficient in, in, in working from home and also working in the office. So it's uh, it was a, it's been a strange, let's say 20 months, let's say. Uh, and I guess on my side, I can kind of comment on uh, public works and water, wastewater. Well, those services don't go away in times of COVID. So you still have to meet the same service levels and provide the same amount of effort. So uh, we had to do some unique things within there. And that included spl splitting up our crews uh, so that we had some physical separation between the crews. So we've for public works, we would have one crew starting at seven and the next crew would come in and start at eight and keep them physically separate. They had totally separate lunch areas. On water, they were completely separate shifts. Uh, no cross uh, migration whatsoever because uh, just because they are so mission critical, we can't afford to have any COVID infections uh, at all at the water wastewater. And, you know, and we've tried and uh, even then with even our best efforts, we still had uh, staff come, to, come down with COVID. Uh, but we, we did manage to kind of uh, mitigate that and contain uh, those exposures. But in terms of uh, workforce, you know, we didn't see any reduction in our workforce at all or the work associated with that. That work still had to go on. And, uh, and the one other thing that we did notice quite a bit this year uh, was uh, just uh, difficulties in getting contractor support this year. Uh, and also with uh, our supply chain, uh, you know, that uh, resin prices have just gone through the roof for piping. And so we're seeing 15, 20% increases on all our materials across the board. And then on top of that, uh, with uh, increases in carbon tax levies, that translates to uh, increases in fuel costs, which translates on everything that we get transported. And uh, any of you that are in the construction industry, we've seen those same kind of increases across the board. So uh, between that, uh, prices have uh, not gone down. So basically, uh, when it came to last year into uh, kind of managing our budget, we had to be very conscious about that because, you know, uh, we're do having to do the same work and we're having to do it more efficiently, more efficiently. Uh, be a lot more lean and, and prioritize uh, projects. And that means some of the nice to haves didn't quite happen because uh, you know we're trying to also toe the line on our budget because we're trying to be respectful to our residents and keeping that zero uh, percent increase. And I think you know last year we're fairly successful in that. It did mean that some projects did not uh, go ahead, but you know we did make sure that all our mission critical projects, went ahead and were completed. Uh, if I could just add a couple of comments from the corporate services department. Again, we're um, public safety, the fire department, our peace officers, you know, that's a full 24 seven operation, regardless of whether there's a pandemic or not. So fire chief Harris and his uh, department have, um, from what I can see, again, I haven't been here that long, but throughout the whole COVID period have been there 24 seven to support the town. From the administrative side of, you know, doing utility billing, paying the bills, um, accepting uh, cash receding and all of the things that the girls do at the front through COVID closures, 
and um, having the front doors closed due, due to COVID. Um, from what I can see, I think they did a tremendous job. And um, in fact, it, I would say if there was a little bit of efficiency loss, it probably would have been because they didn't have access to the information that we have here at the office that we need on a regular basis. When you're working from home, your files aren't with you. So we may have lost maybe just a little bit of efficiency there due to COVID. But overall, I, from what I can see, I, I think that the um, administrative side anyway has, has continued on as, as difficult as it was for them. I think they were able to continue on. Certainly made the voicemails fill up a lot more because <laughs> you're not there to answer your phone. So just little tiny things like that yeah. add up. Yeah. Um, in, in terms of the uh, aspect of efficiency and operations, um, so it's my impression that in order for uh, Director Tribush to come up with what he has on this, that each department would have looked at their operations and said, uh, we can change this or we can't change this. And um, to some extent, uh, that is the efficiency and that they've determined that they can't do much, uh, much more or or much differently with the resources that are in place. But um, any staff wish to further comment on the aspect of uh, trying to look for efficiencies or how that happens when you're uh, doing planning and things like that? Well, I'll, I'll give you an example. It's just the communications coordinator's position. What we did is we have pushed this information out to about four other staff members, five other staff members to actually do. And are we doing it effectively? No, um, what we've noticed is we're not doing a good job at communications, but trying to find you know um, an, an individual that we can afford to pay, that's the problem. So um, there's, there's a, we, every position that is vacant, we've been looking at, every position that isn't vacant, we've been looking at, um, does it mean we can't change? Yeah, we can change, we can definitely change but there will be a consequence to each change. And what I don't want to bring back to council is one of these um, unpalatable changes where you say, oh, we could change here, but you know you can't do it. And then so you're basically forced not to make that decision. Uh, if we're gonna make changes, it's, it should be changes that um, are acceptable and are reasonable. So we could go back and take a look at some of the areas again, um, but we did, do a, 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 a precursor preliminary uh, review. Um, but if council is that's council's direction, we definitely will do that. Um, as for tax rate increase, what we're looking for is we're saying right now, today, the number is 10%. If you come back and council says, look, we haven't had an increase in the last three years, the maximum we're going to say is 6%. Then we, it gives us a target to also look for, okay, where can we come back with some suggestions for council? Um, and, and even on the service level change, you know, in the aspect of it, uh, um, I, one of the things is, is I know you just had an election and I know some people ran on certain issues. Well, those new issues that you want to run on, um, we don't even have those service level enhancements in here. And, um, like I know, and you're, you're, you're looking at this budget and you're, 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 you're about to pull your hair out and you're saying, how can I even bring something forward? But you know, th that's, that's part of being a counselor. Um, it's, this is what you ran on. This is what you want to bring forward. Staff, can you make it? Can you make it happen? And um, 
you know, and then the fees increases, you know, like we haven't increased some of our fees, I believe at the, is it at the pool we haven't increased in a while? Uh, I, I know we were talking about just some of the fees there and then some of them are low and then, and then even doing an adjustment on the fees itself in, in other areas, uh, like the water rates we've been consistently increasing because we're trying to make the water itself uh, a self-sufficient uh, um, uh, entity, but it isn't right now. It's still being tax supported by every taxpayer. Um, the rates would really have to go up quite a bit um, for us to uh, physically get it 100% self-supporting. Um, I don't know if that answers your question, uh, Your Worship, uh, but it's uh, it, it, we've been struggling too, looking at everything. Uh, Councillor Shannon? Whoops, you're on mute. <laughs> Just wondering if Mr. Parker's comment was about my economic development officer that um, was very prominent promise in my campaign. No, there, there, there is a couple. There I'm was joking. a couple of, uh, uh, and, and I wasn't talking about any specific counselor. Sorry if uh, I'm there, joking. There's a couple up there. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> No sense yeah. of humor right now. <laughs> but in, in talking sad. of an economic development officer or department of one, um, is that like 150,000 by the time you pay somebody and, and give them money to do what they do or? No, no you, you're looking about 250 with, with everything. Pardon me? You're, you're, you're looking at about 250 with everything, with their salary, the benefits and that um, uh, on, on average, anywhere from two to 250. Um, for an economic development officer but it's it, it's like okay um you know if, if that was the will of council we would uh definitely look at it because you, you got to give them some fun you got to give them some funding otherwise what happens is they're there with a title and they're sending out lots of emails they they need a uh, something to actually um help support uh and if you give an example last year what one of the things that we did with the business support we spent seventy five thousand just on business support on the one project that we did with Community Futures. Um, at the year before that, uh, the tax relief that we gave to uh, basically every resident and and uh, and that's where they could, and when we said tax relief, you could pay your taxes late and we weren't gonna charge you that fee and we had to carry those charges. Um, that uh, was what we did in 2020. So there, there's different little things that we do that basically would be under the economic development kind of concept. Councillor Good. Well, and then you have to have the, the you have to have the discussion around. Let's assume, for example, like one of the things that came up a couple of years ago was the question of, well, we want to see all the empty storefronts downtown filled up, and we think you should spend some money on the behalf of the town to fill up all the empty storefronts. It's a wonderful idea, and filling up all the empty storefronts would be great for business. It would be great for a number of one things. It would have absolutely no effect on the tax revenues of the town. Because the, ta the buildings are taxed based on their assessed value. And their value doesn't go up or down based on there being a business in it or out of it. So when you take a look at things like people say, well, economic development, it's an answer to a question. It, it's a task and it has real benefits and you can't negate the benefits. But when you're talking um, municipal sustainability, which is, X number of dollars coming into a municipality. So now you have, let's say you, you hire this economic development person for let's pick a number, $200,000 a year. 
Well, that's a that's a one and a half percent tax increase just to pay that position. And even if they do their job well and fill up every store downtown, all you've done is expended for the town is expended one and a half is expended one and a half percent of your tax revenue with no gain to the revenues for the town. So this is where the questions are everything you have to look at has a um, an effect. It, has, it can have beneficial effect over here, but it also has a cost over here. And then you have to come up with that money from somewhere. So the questions often are really difficult, really complex. They're multi-layered on where the benefit is to the town. So, and where it is to the corporate structure of the town. Um, you have a slide somewhere, just as a random event, you have a random event. It costs X amount of dollars. You don't have a choice on whether you're going to respond. You need to respond. So you pick your number, you're going to get 60, 40 funding, 70, 30, 20, 80, whatever that funding is. But that amount that's not given you as a grant from the outside is just a dead on cost to the town. Let's assume you have a million dollars flood and the government comes in and says, we're going to pay half of it. Wonderful. Except now you have a $500,000 bill, which if you took a look, is roughly 5% of your tax increase. So just to cover that one bill, you need a 5% tax increase. All of these things go through. It is really complex. And, and it's really interesting and it's really challenging. And that's what our job is. I'm just trying to point out kind of the interrelationships between some of the events and what we're going to be looking at over the next few months. And it's, it's a challenge. It's really an incredible challenge. I'm, I'm really happy to see new faces on council seriously, because you can bring new perspectives, you can bring new ideas. And I'm really glad there's some older people on some people who have been on council before too, because we can bring some stuff. I think all of us together, let's, together to solve this and I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, Councillor Boychuk. Okay, I just have a quick question as a new councillor here. When when these uh, organizations have looked at their efficiencies and stuff like that, and I have an idea, how do we work that into going in there, say snow removal? I've come from another community, we do it this way. How, who do I talk to to look at if we're doing our snow removal efficiency or we're treating our water right? Do we need to add fluoride? Do we need to add as much fluoride? Can we quit it for a year? Will it kill us? Those kind of things. Like how do we discuss that with the, the operations at hand? Uh, Councillor Parker or CAO Parker. <laughs> Thank you, thank I don't know if I was a... Uh, you wouldn't work for what we make. Yeah, yeah which chair do you want to sit on here? <laughs> it. There we go. I've been called Councillor Parker in about 11 years, to be exact. So with that, um, you, you, you know, that's the that's when we start talking to service levels in our GMPs, uh, governance and priorities meetings, and, and also in the budget process. You say, okay, uh, if you're looking at, uh, you would talk about the big process itself, not the actual itty-bitty um okay, this, I want you to fill a pothole using this type of um, material, you would say, okay, are there ways that you can find filling potholes more efficiently? So for example, um, when I was in Beaver Lodge, we uh, were looking at a specific piece of equipment. It was $350,000. And with it, you can have a crew of two people and you could fill all your potholes with this, this one piece of uh, machinery. 
and you just filled the asphalt into it. So you didn't have to have a crew of four or five or six people. And it was just a machine that just rolled right along in a vehicle and it dumped the asphalt in, then it rolled it, pressed it, and off you went to the next hole. They didn't have to get out. Sorry, it, it was operated by one person, not two people. And uh, because it was a vehicle all marked up by itself, you didn't have to put out all the signs. You didn't have to do that. So there was a, a technicality uh, of, of an efficiency doing something very simple um, and with less people. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, we didn't get approval for the grant of the money. We were looking at it with another body. And, um, um, but, you know, those are th ways that you can look at stuff. So you say, hey, go out and if you have some suggestions, we're more than happy to accept them. But you might be surprised why sometimes why we can't use it. Or maybe we can. See, when you also go to your uh, conferences, you'll be surprised how many people uh, you're, you're going to have lots of uh, vendors who are going to tell you, hey, I've got this great, great thing. And, and some of them are good and we have used them. And other times um, we, they haven't been very as effective as uh, they kind of promote it. Now, is there any way around this this one-time fee of the RCMP? Like, what happens if that's $5 million? Are we going to have to give a 50% increase to the taxes? Like, is there anything we could do, special loans or whatever, instead of nailing the citizens to pick up that slack? Well, if you do a loan, you're still going to have to, the citizens will still have to pick it up, whether we we spread it out over a couple of years. And I, I actually, I don't know, uh, Mr. Trevers, can you do a, Operating loan? I don't think. I don't think you're going to an operating loan. Well, yeah, no, you. We have a line of credit, but you you wouldn't pay for things like annual salaries through debt. I mean, the only time that debt makes sense is if you can match the life of the asset to the long-term funding of it, and that's why capital projects make a good. A good candidate for debt and in your particular town's uh, condition i would recommend you stay away from debt if you possibly can um, we talked about it in the council orientation your debt servicing level is getting really high you just added another three million this year that adds another uh, i put my slide away already i think it was a little over three hundred thousand dollars a new uh, debt servicing in 2022. So if you were going to fund uh, the RCMP, uh, the one-time retroactive adjustment, I, I could say, you know, that I think that portion of the 550,000, I think the roughly 400,000 of that is for the retroactive adjustment. Would you take out a debenture for 400,000 over five years and add interest onto that? I wouldn't recommend that. And then going forward, it's an extra $150,000 a year to pay their annual salaries. Um, you'd collect that through taxes. You wouldn't, you wouldn't finance that $150,000 because you're just adding more interest cost onto it. So no, I, I, would, I would pay for it with the tax levy. And the only other option is to, is to lobby your provincial and federal partners um, to figure out a solution for that, that, uh, that contract. I've, I've heard a lot in the news about the province wanting to go to a provincial police force. And I'm sure this is one of the reasons why. It's because the federal government is passing the cost off to the municipalities. So what's the province's response? Oh, we don't need the RCMP. We'll do our own police force. 
and we'll do it at a, a greater cost than you're paying right now for the RCMP because you don't have the federal part yeah. to fund part of it. So well, their, their argument in, to that is yeah. they'll be spending the money in province as opposed to sending the money out to Saskatchewan uh, we'll, and out we'll to Ottawa. Be, so yeah. that's We'll be spending the money in province is the actuality. Um, so Mr. Boychuk, I guess uh, to your point about if you think you uh, might have an idea about efficiencies, um, what I'm hearing here is perhaps uh, have a good talk with the director of that department and, um, you know, maybe perhaps something will actually will come forth. Um, they might have ideas about, okay, well, if you did this, this consequence, do you want to live with that? sort of thing too. But yeah, and um, we have until uh, basically the end of December in order to come up with our interim budget, not to say that uh, quite frankly, in years past, we've got into January and even February still talking budget because um, some other uh, influence on the budget has been delayed. So we've had to delay our decision. Um, okay, so Mr. Good and then uh, Mr. Carr, I'll ask if you have some comment too, perhaps. So, Mr. Good? Just very quickly, um, one thing I could say, um, Mark, is that anytime I've seen an idea brought from council to administration over the years, it's been received really well. I mean, some of the things have come in for, for green funding, for example, or for different ideas like that, where can we look at this? And there's never been a problem asking administration to bring us back a report on a certain area or to take a look at something like um, when, when the council took a look at was providing, for example, wireless, its own wireless um, public wire Wi-Fi downtown. The question came to council, can you take a look at that, find out, is it still a good idea? Is it functional? Does it provide whatever? And council can certainly direct administration to take a look at, at ideas like that. So if you had an idea, for example, um, and I'm just going to use your example, for example, of fluoridation. There's no problem with asking council, asking administration and saying, I, I'd really like to see uh, a report brought back to council on the costs of the, uh, the cost of fluoridation in our water and what, what that would, what that would result at or what it would look like. Um, administration has always been extremely responsive anytime I've ever heard something like that brought to them. So I guess what I'm saying is if you have ideas like that, well, I personally want to hear him. I think just about everybody else here does too. And we can direct administration to go look at that stuff. So bring them, bring them. Thank you. Um, Councillor Carr, any comments on this whole discussion? Yeah, I'm, I'm not real excited about, about tax increases, um, especially in the 10% margin. That's, I, I know a number of, of people that already struggle to, to pay their taxes. So I think we're going to, and I'm not saying we aren't going to, but I, I think we have to exhaust every other avenue to find areas that maybe we can delay projects or, or cut costs or, or, or something before we go back to the well for more money. Um, and uh, just, just a sideline here on, 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 on the comment about the economic development officer. And, and I didn't realize it was as much cost till I had my meeting with Mr. Parker there a couple of weeks ago, but um, it's not just filling downtown buildings. It's, it's, it's encouraging, uh, 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 
different things, uh, uh, like uh, different industries to come to the area. Um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of other av uh, um, things other than just filling the downtown buildings that that an economic development officer would bring to the table. Now, again, whether it offsets the cost of them or not, you know, that's something that's something that needs to be discussed and debated, I guess. But uh, but I I, I can't. You know, I, I, I meet with a, a little old lady uh, quite regularly, quite regularly, and, and she told me that she just cannot, she flat out cannot afford her taxes. And so to, to hit her with another increase would, would uh, I don't know, it's, it's just something that I, I really would really hate to do. I, I would look for every avenue other than that before we did that. Um, you know, like like Tony uh, Antoinetti's project there. I mean, that's fantastic. Uh, and whether we can make it work or not, I don't know. But it's fantastic because it's going to take that building that that generates, I don't know, X amount of revenue for the town in taxes every year, and it's going to multiply it many times over. I mean, that's 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 a win for for not just the town but the people of the town. Um, because again, we don't have to go back and ask them for more money individually. Yeah, so. I turned off my volume for that. Oh, excuse me, Don. Sorry about that. But that's that's about all I have, Dad. Thank you. Thank you, um, Deputy Mayor Scammerhorn. Sorry, you started saying that, and I thought you were talking about someone else. I realized that's actually me. Oh, um, is this is this the part of the conversation where we make some suggestions, perhaps for? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick on Mr. McQuaig mostly here. Sorry, Jim, uh, it's coming. Uh, things like reduction or no uh, residential snow removal, garbage pickup every two weeks instead of uh, every week. Um, you know, Tony, this one will be yours. You know, axing the taxi pass. You know, is that this is the kind of stuff that we're gonna we'll have to we'll have to lay all out our our places where we can. Um, provide, you know, potential service adjustments. I'm not going to say reductions. I'm going to say adjustments. It's like, you know, and we'll it's like say, saying we'll, we'll to look at anything, you know, the, the one yeah. thing, the two things that, you know, I'm not going to yes. mess with is I know what's coming. water. And uh, so people have to have safe drinking water and they got to be able to flush their toilets. Anything else is on the table. Okay. Um, is there, is there more that, I guess administration is looking for us uh, to to make suggestions on that, or do you kind of have a few of your own that are? We'll start with like low hanging fruit kind of thing that that you oh, can bring yeah. back to us and to kind of always get struggle. With. Yeah, I always struggle with this because you know I think more and more it's not that we have an expense problem; we have a revenue problem. Uh, oh, I and, I've got a good YouTube and, video for you to watch. Yeah. And so, <laughs> like a lot of our that we. Brought, a lot of the pressures are external to us. There are supplier costs or, or contractor costs and consultant costs. So all this, you know, get imposed and we're trying to find better and better ways of doing things. And, and let's say we're just getting to a crunch point that there's not a, much, not a lot of meat left to, to cut. You know, we can look at, you know, uh, our snow clearing budgets. So yeah, we could go to like Lloyd Minster you know, when I was living there, we had our streets cleared once a year. And in the spring, they came and took your four foot of ice out in front of your house. But uh, other than that, 
you didn't get any snow plowing throughout the year, but you know, our residents do expect a certain level, you know, they're, they've just gotten used to that certain level. So if we are going to look at that, then I'm going to need council to help me kind of coach that with our residents to present that, say, hey, no, this is something we need to look at. So I'm willing to look at it, but I do need council's help on that. And it's not only in that area too, if you if you don't mind me just bump it in there, uh, Your Worship. There's other areas like uh, basically grants to groups. Do we say maybe we cut that down by a little percentage, maybe 20, 10 or 15%. Do, what about um, our tax-free status to a lot of the organizations? Do we say we don't take any more organizations on? Or we say this is the amount of money and that's it. And uh, if if we need, uh, they maybe get, they get a percentage of the taxes reduced reduced maybe it's 50 percent or 70 percent um so there's there's ways to look at every line um to try and uh decrease some costs but at the end of the day what happens here is like like if you take a look at it we uh there's a lot of training we didn't do that we're basically we have to do and um so it's it's we're more than willing to look at everything again and bring it back and and give you some some suggestions that in our, our opinion would be palatable, but at the end of the day, you guys will have to make that decision whether it is or not. And then can we get it down 10% council car? I can't see it. Um, really easy. Um, uh, we, yeah, sorry. Uh, Director Tribush and then Mr. Ford. Sure, I, thank you, your worship. I just wanted to quickly add that, you know, a lot of the um, pressures on this upcoming budget are externally exposed. These aren't things that we're bringing upon ourselves to make this uh, as difficult as it is. So there's not a lot um, that we can do there. It's really unfortunate that because of the external pressures that we have to go inside and start stripping down uh, our service levels to meet these external pressures. The other thing I wanted to add is we talked about um, you know, reserves when we did the uh, the council orientation. We haven't even factored in any kind of a reserve building strategy into the budget. And that would only make our lives that much more difficult in terms of extra pressure. So the administration hasn't even considered that at, that at this point. It's something we should start to consider in this council's term over the next four years is to start looking at rebuilding the uh, the financial assets of those reserves, so um, you're you're in a difficult year. There's a lot of a lot of pressures from every angle. Thank you, Councillor Ford. Yes, Mr. Parker. What's that council grant grants to groups level at? Is it still at fifty thousand? Yeah, I believe I, I believe it's at uh, fifty. Actually. Um, I think it's at 45 and 5,000 was tentatively to go to uh, uh, Chamber of Commerce. Chamber of Commerce. Uh, yeah, that's what we've I We've never even spent the whole, when was the last time we even spent the whole thing? So yeah, we've got this in the budget, but yeah. But 50,000 does nothing really. Yeah. And, and remember for the last two years, all of those major events were canceled or postponed or deferred because of the pandemic. So yeah, hopefully um, they'll come back. And yeah, with well, one reason I bring that up is like even even to this day, like there's the hockey's back on and this is back on open for business. And 
those groups are out there. Those groups are out there fundraising. I've bought, I think one, two, three, four or five different sets of raffle tickets already just to, uh, to help the kids out. And the other one, the not-for-profit um, tax exemption, I thought that whole budget line was about 75000 give or take. It's not no, totally... It's, it's I think, one twenty-five this year. Yeah. Uh, uh, Director Trubbish. So if you cut that and you cut the grants to group, you, you've done 175000 I don't know what that does with the one point two million in reality but and the, the other the other consequence to it is okay uh cut them so that means certain groups now have to raise more money so that they can pay the taxes on their properties which you know it's a big vicious circle some of this well it's all a vicious circle actually yeah okay so maybe um uh were you uh, as uh count or deputy mayor scammerhorn asked were you asked wanting direction tonight to say, uh, okay, administration, go back and make that tax increase only whatever. Is that what you were wanting or you're hoping for that tonight? We, we were hoping some kind of direction. And, and the simple reason is because otherwise what happens where you're like, we're in this, this quagmire, okay, well, what does council want? This council is absolutely Ooh. saying no to a tax increase or is council saying, no, we, we try and find something so it's only a 5% or a 6% tax rate. That's our highest. And not saying that, you know, you're going to say it's going to be a 5 or 6%, but that's the absolute highest. What can you do to get us to that? Um, anything like that. Uh, um, if you want us to look at particular service of, uh, levels, like do we want to continue doing the taxi pass or do we want to cut the taxi pass or do we want to just say we have this amount of money for taxi pass and once it's done, it's done. Um, so you mentioned taxi pass, um, or director bill taxi pass program right now. What is the total cost? Ah, oh, I should know that off the top of my head. I it's two and a bit, right? Two. It, it's two and a bit, but actually we were trending this year closer to about 180. Uh, it had increased and seems to decrease and it's, but it's level. So, so on, on average, yeah. it's more like 230, 250. Uh, no, lower than that. Uh, closer to 200 uh, net once you factor in the revenues. Yeah. Is that straight out of pocket, uh, Director Bell? There's correct. no grant there. That is straight no, on the taxpayer. Okay. That's correct. And it is 85% su subsidized for That's correct. each uh, $100 booklet. The taxpayer is paying $85 and the person is paying $15. Uh, this uh, has uh, categories like for age, uh, income levels, um, and I don't know what, I forget what else. Seniors, yeah, in, it, it's, it's essentially income-based, yes. So it doesn't cover everybody, but it's yeah. uh, certain people are helped by it, I guess. Um, okay, I've forgotten where we were. Uh, did somebody else have their hand up? Uh, Councillor Good. Um, I have a difficulty at this point of giving, I mean, the question of can you give us a percentage number and, and the answer, I'll be honest with you, I can't. Um, and, and the reason for that is, we're, we're this is kind of in a, in a bit of a way an extraordinary year. 
um, extraordinary because we've gone through three years of, as you put it, very minimal, if any, tax increases, where we've had historically no tax increases for a while. So we're We've, we've tried to bite the bullet for a number of years um, with no tax increases or extremely minimal. Now we're taking a look at doing it again, which I'm quite totally fine, fine with. I mean, I really take um, Councillor Carr's comment about there are people who can't afford it. I mean, I always hear this, well, it's only a hamburger, it's only a pizza. But every hamburger is a meal and every pizza is a meal for a family that you're saying to a family they can't afford. And... Um, I'm going to say about this personally, I was at a time in my life when if beans were, if beans were 32 cents a tin instead of 27 cents a tin, it made a difference on what I had for dinner. I know what it's like to be that broke. I know what it's like to be that poor. Um, I know what it's like to be that financially challenged. And it's really simple to say, well, it's only and pick your number. I don't care what number you pick. So I'm really not comfortable with coming up to a number right now. I think what we're getting right now is probably one of the best educations over the years that so we're getting some of the best information that I've had in years on the financial state of the town. And it's always been good, but this is getting good too. And I'd like to see, um, put this off to the side personally. I'd like to put this off to the side, wait to have our discussion over capital, take a look at that. So I have a real better sense of overall where we're at and and the impacts is you know um mr travis talked about the outside forces you cut a million dollars out of uh, msi grants that's an external force we have no choice in that uh the comment about we have a revenue problem not a spending problem and that's something that we got to take a look at too which by the way i might have some ideas but um without banging a drum that i've drummed for years but I think I'm not comfortable with saying cut it, make it five, make it two, make it three, make it one. I'm just not comfortable there yet. Any other comments before we try to conclude here? <laughs> uh, Count, or Deputy Mayor Scamhorn. <laughs> Got it. Um, would it be burdens? Like, I, I don't want to pile on the work. Would it be burdensome for administration to just bring back enough options to keep it at zero, even if they're like the third rail of municipal politics? Um, just to say, like, yep, we're we're not doing summer fun anymore. We're not uh, we're not doing we're not doing residential snow removal. Whatever, just bring back enough enough to keep it at zero. And my mind with that is is to give us and not only us obviously but the people that we need to communicate with our our, our rate payers as i've heard it put um this is what zero percent looks like just so we can say this is what zero percent looks like so if you want zero we can provide zero we can do whatever you want but this is what zero is going to look like and then when it means two three or five or whatever we land on we know we're keeping the things that people are like no these are what we're willing to pay for we are happy to pay more to have these services and that kind of thing that that's that's kind of the way i would look at it start at zero and walk it up instead of you know go down until we uh you know end up looking at it from from bottom up instead of top down is is, is kind of where mine my mind is at but um the other side to that is yeah we we as a group also need to figure out what what that revenue problem 
also looks like and you know and some options you know around that and it might be a case of us looking at maybe we bring in the province and say okay you guys go through the books and you tell us what we think we already know is that we are not and nor have i ever said we were uh financially healthy or sustainable or, or, or that kind of thing. I mean, the, I, I said that all election long and, and I don't think I was the only one. And I, I hopefully no one's surprised at hearing me say it again. Uh, thank you. Um, so um, Director Tybush, just before we kind of end, uncontrolled budget pressures, they total what? What, what are they? total for the uncontrolled that we're going to have to deal with no matter what we do. Bear with me. I'll just share that slide and we'll do a quick run, a quick tape as we call it. Mm-hmm. It's funny, um, Michael, when you talked about the carry forwards from the last council, because that 300, whatever thousand of, of debt servicing that we have, those were for us um options that we didn't really have options on spending either so so it's 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 kind of funny how that all just you know, it's just it all rolls up came, into uh came back to thing. haunt you it came back to haunt you yeah so uh, thing is then too you know is it are, about two million uh, are we talking okay so i would say um like the next slide isn't it yeah definitely you could say the 550 the loss in the waste management corporations out of our control inflation's out of our control so that's about a million dollars more right there yeah uh, don't One count more. this this is capital okay um i don't have an exact figure here on what grant what our loss in tax revenue will be due to the lower amounts of grants in lieu of taxes so I can't really give you a figure there. I'm going to say uh, just rough a million dollars. Well, actually. A million too, eh? A little over. Yeah, and we can't, we can't avoid this, the extra 329 uh -huh. for debt servicing. So a million two, basically. Too bad, no matter what you do, Peace River, figure out how to cut a million two from other stuff because none of this stuff is really um, service level things, right? Agreed, and they're, not, and they're not things that the administration went out and incurred on behalf of the town. I mean, they just, um, these are externally imposed Yeah, they're upon. landing in Peace River. So um, uh, from Byron's viewpoint, you're starting at a million dollars below zero already and uh so a million below zero i don't even know how to think of this anymore we're we're, we're needing to find about two million dollars in uh savings to say here's zero i think because you have to make up this million and you have to make up other to get to the the zero so uh, according to Deputy Scammerhorn, um, or Deputy Mayor Scammerhorn, I, I don't think admin should spend too, too much time 
just high level, okay, we cut the taxi pass program. Well, that, that's 200,000 out of this. We cut the um, hours at the pool and the Baytex. Well, we can get another 200,000 out of that. Maybe, maybe. Um, gee whiz, we cut the snow plowing and I've heard anywhere from 40 to 80,000 per snow plowing of the whole town. Okay, so wipe that off. Say we did the snow plowing, I don't know, four times last year. So that's say 300,000. Well, we we're at say 750,000 right now. Uh, what else can we wipe off the map? Um, uh, potholes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, potholes. So let's say that's another 100,000 off the map. Um, we're so, slowly creeping to the million dollar mark just wiping out big things. Grants to groups. Grants to groups. Well, we're only wiping off another 50,000 there. So, um, Deputy Mayor Scammerhorn, maybe you could um, kind of phrase this in terms of a motion that you would like uh, admin to go forward and, and do without spending like two solid weeks of time doing the calculations because we know, we, we do know that we're not gonna absolutely wipe out a whole bunch of programs. Absolutely, Your Worship. And, that, and that's what I was trying to get at when I did ask the question of, of not like, stop everything you're doing and, and do this, only this and nothing else but this. Like, like I think we know that that's not feasible, but yeah, mm -hmm. yeah you know, just, just the, the stuff that we could we could do while keeping the toilets flushing and the taps running, obviously, as Mr. McQuaig likes to put, and and I would agree. Um, so, so if I were to phrase a motion, so do do you want to know how much certain things cost in order to say, okay, we could wipe that out. It'll cost here's two hundred thousand. Yeah, well, you know, back of the napkin, yeah, back of the napkin kind of stuff, yeah. right? So, yeah. so if I were to phrase this into a motion, I would be uh, direct administration to bring back a report. Uh, for budget purposes on uh, possible service level adjustments to maintain a 0% tax increase. Okay. And um, I'm asking you, the mover, the question, is that the intent of the motion that it's, uh, okay, here's a pick on taxi pass just because it comes up. Um, here's the cost of taxi pass. That would get you to... Uh, uh, 8.7% if you cut the taxi pass. Is that kind of what you're meaning? Yeah, it's uh, something like that. Okay. Um, Director Trabush. Thank you, Your Worship. I'll just uh, ask the question because, again, mm -hmm. I don't have the history. There is a, in the 2022 budget, there is a $700,000 contribution for the new takeover of the airport. Is there any ability for renegotiation of that $700,000 and could it be spread over the next four years or is that a sunk cost and we can't argue it? Well, that one is, I'm pretty sure that involves a lot of transfers in from our, our, our municipal partner. So our portion of that is 200. And 70 or something? Yeah, yes. approximately. Yeah. So it's the last year of that. All it does is uh don't want to open any agreements really that's a tricky um, one to play with yeah yeah All good right, question but but um, it's a hot question it might be equivalent to the taxi pass 
total. Just just trying to find any other avenues for you. Hey, chuck it at us, man. Thank, so, thank you. Councillor or Deputy Mayor Scamahorn has a motion on the books to um, a direct administration to go forth and see what they could do to get to a zero percent. Was that your motion? It was look at service level uh, adjustments to maintain a zero percent increase. Okay. Yes, it's so so much more eloquent. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Any further discussion on this? Then we'll vote, and then maybe we'll have a little bit of a break. Um, any further discussion? Okay. All those in favor of Deputy Mayor Scamhorn's uh, motion. Okay. I went to the big picture. All of a sudden, it looks like it is. Uh, any opposed? Okay, it is carried. Okay, so I would recommend that we now have a 10 minute break to uh, 7.38 is what it would be on my computer. So just opportunity to stand up and come back at 7.38. And new counselors, it's customary, you just turn off your mute, maybe turn off your video or not, and just watch the time. And I, ne I neglected Ruth? to start my, my presentation by saying that it, due to the fact that it was budget day today, I did not buy new shoes, but we did polish them down at the front desk. Very good. <laughs> oh, there you go. Do you see the and chat, Ruth, that the host is impacting some of their videos? Yeah, okay. Good. Okay, I think we're just about ready. And missed, uh, we're back at uh, 7.39 and we're on section nine reports and uh, Director McQuaig, you're up. And you're on mute right now. Here we go, thank you, Madam Mayor. So uh, this month uh, basically, working up uh, or finishing up uh, a lot of capital projects in terms of uh, support for the Saddleback Park and the, uh, the new park at Reservoir 365. And I'll let uh, Director Bell kind of elaborate on those. Those are uh, part and parcel of her projects. Just uh, kind of uh, lent uh, some support to those. The uh, Shaftesbury project is ongoing. We've uh, made some significant headway down at lift uh, station number four down by the Lower West Peace Boat Launch. And we've uh, poured a fair amount of concrete last week and piping continues uh, along the Citadel lands. Wrapped up the aeration tank project up at the water treatment plant and that was fairly successful. Uh, for the secondary clarifier, we've got uh, one outstanding item there to resolve and that's with our gearbox assembly, which is in Vancouver being repaired. And we expect that back in uh, next week or so. And that can be uh, repaired and put back into operation and will give us uh, some time while, while we contemplate uh, the uh, overall refurbishment of that clarifier and looking at possibly the uh, second clarifier project uh, in discussions with uh, Alberta Environment and Parks on that one, whether that needs to be required or not. And uh, and also the outcome of uh, some AMWIP uh, grant funding that we're looking to sustain to uh, help offset those costs. 
working on a number of uh, water projects, uh, water main projects in, uh, in terms of uh, hydrant uh, replacements been working on. Uh, and those we kind of chip away at. And uh, so you kind of mentioned, you know, those hydrants uh, can run us anywhere between 8,000 and 20,000 to replace them. Uh, fortunately, I've uh, had some, the last couple that have been replaced are been fairly cost effective uh, to, to complete. Uh, we did undertook a, a little bit of uh, water line replacement in between the high school and Cool Springs uh, trailer park this month. Uh, other projects, the sand and salt shed uh, project, uh, the procurement for the actual building. Uh, so we had uh, three tenders submitted there. Uh, basically only one ten tender was fully compliant. And we reviewed that with the consultant and discussed that with the CAO today. And we've submitted the award letter to the successful proponent on that one. And I think that one was uh, for the building itself was 428,500. And we allotted a budget of 550,000 for the, for the building procurement. So we're under budget right now for, for that piece. And now we just have to uh, proceed with the civil works part of the package uh, in getting that finalized and designed and out the door for uh, tender. Uh, so uh, we estimate the uh, building deliveries probably eight to 10 weeks. So we should be receiving that building sometime in February, uh, which will be uh, just uh, in time to start construction in May and get that constructed uh, next spring. The Biosolids uh, Lagoon project. So that one there, uh, that project there, uh, ongoing with the engineering on that one. Uh, and we hope to have that one tendered out in January. That is one of our mandated projects by AP for next year. Uh, so that one, we don't have much of a choice because uh, they've given us uh, an extension uh, for two years running, but they said this is our last extension uh, to get that uh, project remediation completed. So that one will be uh, ready for tender uh, going early into next year. And then the last project I'll comment is we had a project meeting on the Pats Creek uh, stormwater uh, uh, mitigation project there. And uh, so that one there, uh, we sat down with uh, Northern Sunrise County and the consultant and went through some more options. Uh, they've been given them some more direction to uh, to look at finalizing the report to, to come back to us with uh, some recommendations on that. So those are the things I wanted to highlight. I don't know if council had any questions for me. Councillors, no? Okay, well, Mr. McQuaig, it looks like that is a very, very clear report. There are no questions. <laughs> I noticed some depressing news that a few things had to be put off till uh, next spring. But uh, what I'm understanding from the budget is it's already in the 2021 budget. So it's not new stuff. Yeah, it is, Madam Mayor. And, you know, speaking of that, sometimes, uh, you know, uh, we defer projects for a number of reasons. Sometimes it's contract availability. Sometimes the tenders that come in are, you know, and especially this year, that was very prevalent in that we had tenders that came in, you know, two, three times higher than what they should. 
And no, I'm not a believer in spending the, the town's money uh, just for the sake of the sake of spending money. We want to make sure we spend it wisely. The town's accessibility uh, project at Town Hall yes. is that still happening or? Uh, yes, that one is still ongoing. Uh, we've sat down with a consultant and uh, rejigged a few, uh, a little bit of the configuration of how that one was going to work. Uh, so I think uh, between myself, uh, Director Bell, and uh, my technologist JC, we're all kind of working hand in hand with that, along with uh, Miss Modi uh, in my department. And I think we've got that uh, nailed down to get a final tender package put together. We've got the uh, the lift supplier already identified uh, previously into that one. So that one's uh, uh, figured out we just have to get the rest of the tender package because there is uh, some uh, kind of architectural construction that has to happen as part of that. Uh, some door replacements that have to happen onto that. Some push, bot push button operators that have to be installed. We'll try and do as much as we can in-house, but some of it will have to be contracted out. And that had a $100,000 grant associated with it, did it not? That's correct. Okay, thanks. Um, Councillor Carr? Hard time finding the button there. Um, back back to, uh, and this is maybe a, an odd question, but back to you said you sent out the letter accepting the price on on the on the salt shed building. I'm just curious, why would you not get the prices from all aspects of the job before you award that? And the reason I ask that is is you're under budget on on the, on the building itself, but. What if you're, you've only budgeted a million dollars for the project and, and now the civil and the membrane and everything comes in at double what you expected uh, and suddenly we can't pay for it? Um, like so, why, why, why are all, all aspects not tendered before? And maybe that's a silly question, but I'm just... No, just no it's not a silly question. And there are some good reasons that we did it this way for this particular project. One was... Uh, the sand salt shed structure itself was such a long lead item. And the other part of it was uh, uh, part of this project, 600,000 was allotted to uh, the municipal stimulus fund for this. And the original uh, restrictions on that is we had to have that money expended by the 31st oh. of December this year. So that was one piece I could accelerate and get uh, the procurement going, have that uh, procured, purchased and use up that money uh, so we don't lose that money. I have requested from the province an extension, but just in case they said no, uh, I wanted to make sure that we made uh, as much use of those funds as we could. Okay, thank you. Any other questions? Uh, Deputy Mayor Scammerhorn? <laughs> Uh, this this is a this is an easy one hopefully or just it could be a silly one too and 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 the walkway underneath the bridge the new bridge it's yes. we in charge of the maintenance on that walkway now is that part of our trail system and that kind of thing so, the reason I ask yeah. is there's uh, someone keeps finding that their way down there with a freaking sharpie and if I could catch them at it well I'd, I'd probably just push them over the edge no that's don't pretend I didn't say that but or, or is that is that our thing to go down there and, and you know like power brush that 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 graffiti off in that area so we transportation and myself haven't discussed graffiti 
Uh, we did discuss uh, snow and ice maintenance on the bridge and the snow and ice maintenance is ours, but the actual infrastructure of that uh, bridge is still integral to the bridge. So that still remains AT's uh, uh, purview to, to do. So they will do any uh, lighting or repairs, any concrete repairs, anything of a permanent nature in that regard that is integral to the bridge. They, they are responsible for that. Uh, the, the one thing that we signed off and agreed to was uh, things like uh, snow and ice maintenance and also uh, garbage pickup, uh, putting a couple of garbage cans along the pathway and uh, picking those up. So we will kind of uh, do the sanitation aspects to it. Okay, so maybe an enterprising community group could could volunteer to uh, scrub some graffiti off or something like that. I don't or know. It, it may be you know, something that we do and yeah uh, there, there's a lot of give and take between ourselves and Alberta transportation yeah. when it comes to these things so parks typically will go in with graffiti remover and then it just takes off the actual surface illustrations and wording as it were <laughs> they're, um <laughs> they're, yeah. they're creative i had my class down there i had to um oh. like oh well kids i guess we're having a health lesson now you know <laughs> yeah. and depending upon an you know, the graffiti sometimes will be a lot more aggressive and attacking it right away. Yeah. Especially if, you know, it's uh, defamatory to a group or something like that. Uh, yeah. We'll tend to get on that right away. So in terms of graffiti, I'm of the philosophy, you see it, get rid of it somehow so that you do not uh, cause somebody to one-upmanship the, the previous graffiti. Um, so what I'm hearing here is we're not really sure who's removing it. Uh, as of this point, so, you know, if this, if it's something that's brought to our attention between my, myself and Director Bell, we'll, we'll make sure it gets attacked. Appreciate so, it, guys. And people can use the, the tab on the website. I want to go there and go down and report a concern such as this, if they see it. Yeah. Okay, it would be a shame to get that messed up too quickly put it that way and speaking Thank of the pedestrian bridge i'm just waiting for one little data file to come in from uh the lighting and solar for the pedestrian bridge that i can start doing the nice fancy colors on the bridge just in time for christmas i would think yep. should be good well thank you mr mcquaig lots of work going on and the end of the year approaches Okay, our next one, we have corporate services and the CAO's monthly report. And who wants to start this one? Well, let's start off uh, the deputy mayor. Or oh, sorry, yeah. Uh, oh, my goodness. I was so good. I've been so good at not calling the deputy mayor. You rang? Oh, yes. Uh, sorry about that, Madam Mayor. Um, yeah, yeah uh, administration has been uh, extremely uh, busy in the this last month, uh, well, the first and foremost thing is a, a successful election. It's successful because you all are here today. So, anyway, um, but it was, uh, I will tell you the honest truth about the election. It was incredibly, um, everybody helped in one way or another, whether they were actually working the polls or actually maintaining the fort back so that uh, other people could maintain the, the polls. We had more people uh, this year working um, on the election and, and it seemed to have gone smooth. There was a couple of times where there was a little bit of a lineup, but uh, by expanding the days, we were able to uh, 
uh, increase the numbers of people who uh, actually showed up and um, and I thought it uh, it went well. Uh, so um, and with that, I'm going to have to give a lot of thanks to uh, uh, Ruth McQuaig for uh, you know her organizational skills on this. She did a phenomenal job. Um, and then of course, just everybody else who just followed in line when she called orders. Simple as that. <laughs> I asked, suggested. <laughs> and with respect to that, um, would the town maybe be looking at electronic voting in four years from now? The only problem with electronic voting, um, and, and I'm not sure about this, we did kind of like uh, briefly talk about it, but it's just going to the advanced polls would be the issue, I think, but I'm not positive. So, um, uh, because a lot of times we go to, to uh, uh, you know, a couple of other facilities and, um, but we can look at it uh, for, for cost. Um, and, but yeah, just if that's the direction where council wanted to go for electronic voting, to be quite honest, um, if you take a look at last two years ago, or sorry, four years ago, when we did the uh, election, I think we had the numbers fairly quickly. I think they were done by about 1030. Uh, this one was much more complicated because we had 20 candidates, but we also, you know, we were doing the referendums, we were doing that, and we didn't count the referendum that night, but still by doing those extra boxes, all the extra stuff that we had to tear down, uh, it, it kind of dragged out the process. Um, but yeah, when you have 20 candidates, it makes it a little lot more the difficult. The ballots and lots was good for democracy and evening out and giving everybody equal exposure on the ballot, but it did delay counting substantially. Uh, that's where it, the ballots didn't always have one person at the first and so on. It changed. Uh, that's, yeah. that's it was very straightforward for the mayoral ballot, less so for the 20 assorted uh, names on the council ballot. Okay, thanks. Anything further? Um, other than that, um, we've been dealing with quite a few uh, HR issues um, uh, and, and interviews. That was uh, taking quite a bit of our time here, um, onboarding and offboarding individuals. Um, uh, COVID-19, uh, some of the issues that we've had to deal with with uh, COVID-19 uh, uh, in October, especially when we had a couple of individuals who were positive and uh, kind of like... Uh, if you were associated with the positive that kind of wiped us out in a couple of departments. Uh, uh, we, we got through that though. Um, that's basically it that I want to, the fire department did uh, actually in fire department has been uh, busy as you can see. Um, we hired a new peace officer on the 12th of October and uh, he's doing very well. Uh, Ruben, um, very uh, positive uh, individual. Um, I, if anyone has any questions, uh, either myself or Mr. Trebish, we'd be more than happy to answer. Uh, Mr. Ford? Yeah, just looking at the, and I know, I know I've asked this question many a times before in the last couple of years, but with the fire department uh, number of calls year to date, um, I still see those alarm call. Those alarm calls are like 38%. Um, and out of that, I'm not sure how many a false, false alarm, but, uh, um, and I know I've asked this to Chief Harris before, is some of that gonna be able to be billable in the future? I'm not sure if, uh, oh, hey, 
That could be a service level and changement adjustment, a service fee that we can look at for the budget. No, that could be on the table. I hate to say it, it's uh, everything should be on the table. Anything further? Uh, Councillor Boychuk and then Deputy Mayor Scammerhorn. Are firefighters allowed to raise money for their own costs and stuff like that? Like, you know, is it possible to have a firefighters fundraiser every year for new equipment and stuff? So they do have an association. So for example, the boat that uh, we currently have, they, uh, they, they did some fundraising for, for that. Uh, and it is quite common to do that um, uh, if, for newer equipment. Um, we believe that um, under occupational health and safety, we, we need to provide a certain level of equipment. And so it's really not fair for them, you know, to um, have to fundraise for the basic stuff. Um, and I would recommend it, but it has been known in, in certain communities, uh, fundraisers um, uh, for equipment. I just ask because we're looking for 16 grand this year. Plus a million, some odd. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Deputy Mayor Scamhorn. Just like to point out that October 4th structure fire in Dixonville at three in the morning for the crews to get out there and save that structure. Uh, I, 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 I felt like that's something that should be highlighted. That's Dixonville is not close. Agreed. Okay, so a busy month for those departments as well and throw in budget there too. Um, okay, Director Bell, Community Services. Thank you, Your Worship. Um, just a couple of highlights um, within the report, not that it's all not highlights, but a couple of things to point out. 55 plus games board is one position shy of being completely full. So we're doing very well. Um, adding new board members to that committee. Um, in the pool, we had a rather reduced schedule, which is rather unusual for us for probably the first time in over 10 years. We operated a five days a week schedule as opposed to seven days. And that was directly due to the fact that we were short staffed and we were training. And this is one of the outfalls of COVID. We weren't able to um, maintain our training operations throughout the last year and a half to the same level we normally would. So we were short staffed and had to use the month to train new staff that we had. Um, the good news is November started off with a full schedule. Um, it has impacted our, our uh, visitor statistics for October. They are quite a bit down. And I do believe also um, the restriction exemption program has impacted some of our numbers. Uh, that is just a reality. And they're, they're decent though. They were 30, 40 people for public swim, which is unheard of. Normally they're 200 people at a public swim, but we're getting closer up to 125 to 150, 175 range. So we're moving back up to a bit more of a norm. Um, we received a extra award from the Life Saving Society. Um, so one of our staff, Shelly Stewart, is pictured in the report holding the awards. Uh, she was instrumental in getting this program running. Thank goodness for her. 
Um, in our recreation facility parks area, the 103rd Street Playground is installed. The basketball court and the hoops are installed and ready. Everything looks great. We did put a wood fiber product for fall protection. This is the first time we ventured into the uh, the wood chip world for fall protection. We wanted to give it a try. We use pea gravel everywhere else. So this was uh, something new. Um, but the landscaping, we're about a half day from being away of getting that all done. And to be quite honest, we're not sure we're going to open the site until things freeze right up because it's kind of a slurry mess when you walk across all that great topsoil. Um, it, with these freeze thaw days that we're having right now. And then we'd have it open maybe just for the solid winter months and then close it up in the spring to let the seed and the grass grow because um, it'll be a mess in there again in the springtime. And all that wood chip will be attracted on kids' shoes and out, out the gate. Um, yeah, it, it'll be a bit of a mess. But it is all pretty much finished. Uh, Saddleback Trail also is substantially completed, uh, minor landscaping to be done, and we're at the point in the season that we might not be able to finish all of it off. It might have to wait until um, the 1st of April, sometime in April, for the contractor to get back in and get a little bit more of the lands or getting it all completed, but it'll be open and accessible and usable. I've already had some residents um, provide feedback, aka my mom, who is enjoying it tremendously, um, walking through the park uh, during the days. So it's, it's great. It's a, a lovely addition to that location. And then the last uh, capital project is the pool retaining walls. They are all complete. The last piece we're just waiting on is the enclosure for the garbage bin to be installed. And that's supposed to be done this week. And it also looks really nice. It's uh, really improved um, that site and the longevity of those blocks will be much better than the wood walls that, that were there. Um, on a bit of a sad note, but I need to mention this, Athabasca Hall Peace Players has chosen not to operate this fall. So they've canceled all their productions for their children's show. We're hoping that they will operate in the new year, some of their adult um, productions, but we'll, we will see. And then just some programming that um, uh, Zoe Batty, the recreation programmer, she's got some photos in for her Halloween skate have been doing her drop-in programs have not been too, too bad, a little bit lower than in the previous year. But again, some of this uh, we attribute to the rep program. It has impacted some of our numbers, slightly lower numbers, but those who are participating are very much grateful that we are open. Um, and just a note that Light Up the Park is coming up at the end of the month. In-person Light Up the Park. This will be the first one in, I think, two years. Has it been two years? I think it's been two years. I've lost track. COVID has messed up my, my timing, but just a couple of highlights. Thank you. Questions, uh, Councillor Boychuk and then Councillor Ford. Tanya, just a quick question. Is it sure. possible for us to wire up some sort of wireless cameras for parents to be able to watch hockey games that are unvaccinated and can't <sighs> enter the building? We've left that up to each user group. 
um, is who we've minor hockey, for example, navigators is they were going to do that. I don't know if they've actually done it, but there is the ability for groups to access the um, our our production system. So um, to link into it to be able to do that. Yeah. We don't we don't own the equipment to be able to do that. And what I've seen through my both my daughter daughter's volleyball activities this past fall is parents are live streaming on Facebook. So um, they're using their iPads or their cell phones to do that. And we have Wi-Fi and possible ability and the user groups have taken advantage. Some have, no, I'm not sure that all have. Yeah. Okay, Councillor Ford. Thank you, mine's not a question. Mine's just to add the, uh, the light up the park is Friday, November 26th. The Santa Claus Parade from the Chamber of Commerce will be held on November 27th on the Saturday. Saturday, yep. That's going to be a 6 p.m. start. Okay. Are, ooh, ooh, are, we, ooh. are, we, are we in that? Are we would, doing that? Would you like to? Um, the CAO well, I and I are planning the float. So Chris is in charge of the float this year. I don't know. <laughs> 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 Try to get some goodwill with the people. Hey, Chris, good, good luck. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm marshalling the parade again. Yeah. Um, for the rest of council, um, in the past, when we were allowed, actually, I'm going to have to look into this, and I haven't gotten information from the chamber, so I'll, I'll send you an, all, an email with more proper detail on this. But council members participated by... Um, uh, being outside along the float, handing out candy and other goodies or running and handing out candy or, or, or trying to catch the float is what it was. <laughs> Take yeah. shortcuts because you couldn't catch yeah. the thing. <laughs> um, you can't be like Councillor Downing and try to hug everybody along the parade route. You're, you're getting left behind. <laughs> So I'll provide you more detail if that is an option, because I'm not sure what the restrictions or if there's any what the uh, chamber is requiring. So I'll, I'll pass that information on uh, once I receive it with some tips of how Thank to you. keep up with the float. Yeah. And Chris, I am looking forward to your artistic touch. <laughs> well, let's just say I'm going to try and resur resurrect my role as Elvin the Elf. Oh, my. <laughs> okay. Anything oh, I have, a, I have a motion. I want to make a motion. <laughs> Anything <laughs> no, further on the community services report? No? Okay. So the next item, we have the second quarter, uh, court, the quarterly RCMP policing report. And um, uh, Detachment Commander Jesse Onassis has sent a congratulatory letter as well as the report. So any questions or comments on the report? I find the one with the paragraphs of actual writing in it uh, easier to figure out what's going on than the chart ones, but okay. Anything on that? No. Uh, there's also information on the human resources aspect of our local RCMP and how much it's costing us uh, in various ways. 
Okay, the next item then is the draft minutes of the November 2nd uh, Peace Regional Healthcare and Attraction and Retention Committee. And both Ruth and I attended this fairly quiet meeting. Uh, we were told that um, Peace River is supposed to have 15 or 14 plus um, physicians, and there are 14 at the Sunset Sunrise Medical Clinic and two at the Aspen Clinic. So it's a full complement. However, three of the physicians are on paternity or maternity leave. We are expecting one doctor who's working uh, half time to leave in December with a new child in harms and um, some adjustment with another doctor so they can try to hire a full-time person. We'll have four new locums arriving in November and December. There's two uh, resident doctors currently in the community and two third year students will be here for a year. So there's uh, quite a bit going on in terms of um, the medical doctor aspect. Okay, any questions on that? Then I would ask for a motion to accept for information um, the report section nine items one through five. Uh, Councillor Good, okay, all those in favor of the motion? It is carried, thank you. Uh, we have one information item, the Mercer grant update received November 3rd. And for that one, I guess it's happy news for um, the Mercer company and Peace River as they did receive, I'm trying to find the report. It was seven point some odd million, I believe, was it not? 7.5 million. Yeah. yeah. So good news for our local economy and good news for their project. Uh, I would ask for uh, someone to move uh, the acceptance of information item one. Anybody I have a question know? about that. Uh, oh, is that is that is that the one the letter went around uh, in the spring? There, you guys might recall. Those of you, that's the same so. one. It's this project. All right, well, this is the one good. the letter that uh, did come before council and was approved for council. Excellent. Well, it's good to see that all worked out. It was looking dire on that one for a while there. So, Deputy Mayor, I'll, I'll, I'll make the motion. I'll make the okay. motion now to accept for information. Thank you. All those in favor. Great, it is carried. Uh, any notices of motion, Mr. Parker? There are none, uh, Your Worship. Any comments from the public? Ms. McQuaig, any? There are none, Your Worship. Okay, thank you. Uh, key communication items. So for new councillors, this is where um, we either come out with some items or if there was media present, we would ask them what they thought the key communication items would be. I'll start off by saying um, that the uh, Alberta 55 um, plus games are almost have their executive set up and are looking for volunteers. Um, anybody else have another item? Councillor Ford? Uh, light up the park and the chamber Santa Claus parade. On November 26th, okay. Uh, anything further? Uh, I. Uh, count or Deputy Mayor Scamhorn. Those um, board appointments, the community services, the library boards, not that we need to splash our names, but are, are, do we have other um, boards that need appointments? It, it, vacancies, do you mean? Vacancies, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, we do. Okay. And actually that would be a good one to highlight because the library and community services, and I think SD or one other 
a board. I can't remember which one of Alicia's Re boards. The, the uh, ERB is advertised. Assessment. The assessment yes. review yeah. board. Yeah. Okay. So looking for uh, people who would uh, serve on those ones. Um, I also noticed someplace that there, the volunteer of the year nominations are still open till November 15th. And that's correct. good to yep. encourage somebody to nominate. I think it's a fairly straightforward nomination process, is it not? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a application process on our website. Okay. And the fire truck tender did get um, uh, signed and went out. So we're expecting a new fire truck in, what is it, eight to 12 months, I think. It's a fairly long term thing. Um, recognize that because of that's uh, 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 sorry to interrupt. That's that's also is because of a supply issue they were looking at, and they said it normally takes a certain period of time, but they have been getting a hard time getting certain parts. So they said anywhere from eight to twelve months just to be on the safe side. It might come sooner, but uh, they said don't hold your breath. Hmm. Okay. Recognize that also today is the National Aboriginal Veterans Day, and. Um, we had a uh, uh, ceremony at the um, Treaty 8 uh, uh, area with the flags. And next week is the Métis week, I understand. And there will be some uh, events, I understand, from their president going on then. Okay, anything from anybody else? Okay, uh, do we have, we don't have anything for the closed session. Um, Anybody following the agenda and want to figure out what to do now? Could move adjournment. Nobody wants to, okay. <laughs> Councillor Boychuk moves the adjournment <laughs> at 8.15. All those in favor? <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Have a good evening and uh, council meeting uh, two weeks from now and uh, we'll see what happens with the next set of the budget uh, details by then. Thanks and have a good night. Have a good night.